This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. That is right. I'm your host, DJ Spider, in the place to be. I'm hanging with you guys. We are back again for episode 55. That's right, 55. Feeling alive. Talking all that jive. Okay, don't use that. That's a horrible song. But that was my little freestyle to you. I am back with you. It's your boy. It's your boy. DJ Spider. What's happening? How are you guys feeling out there? We're still doing this. We've just entered December 2020. That's right. And we're still in the damn pandemic. Unless you're listening from New Zealand or something. Or Taiwan. But um, most of us are still here. Also, Texas and Florida maybe can be related to Taiwan because they're acting like nothing's happening and DJs are playing. I get, like, flyers from those states of DJs playing, and I'm like, yo, what's going on, guys? But for most of us, we are going through this still together, not working, mainly online or figuring other things out. And I think uh, our guest today really speaks to that. Um, I will get into it, but I think uh, we'll be able to learn a lot from her today. Um, But before I do get into that, I need to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. That is right. BeatSource, baby, and BeatSource Link is the thing you need to learn about. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs, endless playlists, the dopest playlist constantly being updated by the curators at BeatSource who are experts in their field. Um, and now with BeatSource Link and the new version of Serato, you've got all of the playlists that they do, 60 of them preloaded into Serato that will update automatically if you so choose. You can also get playlists like my playlist, the Mickey D's playlist, all types of people, your own playlist that you want to save and share with people it is dope okay um and beat source link you're able to dj off the cloud so for example i'm gonna play on twitch tonight i got some beat source playlists ready to go and later this month i'll be doing a special set using all beat source playlist songs and stuff like that so get on hit me with any questions hit them with any questions i can connect you with the right people that can show you what's up beat source thank you guys let's go and also thank you guys all the beat sorcerers all my listeners all the people that uh, are with us helping us build this community of this podcast it is so much fun for me to do the audience keeps growing the feedback is great and i just love it it's a fun thing for me to be able to do reach out and connect with you guys every week so thank you for listening and if you really do want to support help us get up there in the um you know ratings hit us on apple podcasts and give us that five star rating baby and uh write a nice little review like dj spider's hair shimmers in his youtube videos or whatever you want you know his voice is so soothing um Whatever you so please, you can even say a bad thing about me. I don't mind. I still love you. Um, But yo, help us out, okay? That's that's what you can do. 
Um, as well, hit me. I'm on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S P I D E R. I am also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DJ Spider. I finally did a stream. It was the most fun thing ever. I'm going to be starting to do Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. PST. That's California time, if you don't know. Uh, I am doing it tonight, launching it. And then from there, I'll be launching some more times, days, shows, all types of stuff in the works. But let's start with this one show. That's what I'm telling myself uh, to get out there weekly. So please tune in, spread the word. I got a Discord. So hit my Twitch page. You'll get the link to the Discord. And actually in the Discord, I have something special for the 20 podcast where you guys are able to talk to me about it, give me questions and comments, suggest DJs or different people to be on the show. So get involved, okay? Get involved, like Raphael Sadiq said. Um, Now on to our special guest of the week. Um, Our guest this week is someone that may not have been DJing as long as some other guests. You know, we got some OGs on here. They've been doing it for a really long time. Not to say that she hasn't been DJing a good amount of time. She doesn't know what's up. I'm just saying, compared to some others, may not be as long. But she is definitely making moves and has been ingrained in the culture for a long time. I mean, she's paid her dues. She knows what's up. She was in Calgary going to the Hi-Fi Club, getting influenced by some of the dopest DJs in Canada and in the world because they used to fly so many amazing DJs there. Shout to Small Town DJs, DJ Pump, all these people. Um, and she's from Toronto, which um, in a way is causing a problem because there's so many dope DJs from Toronto that I need to space out the amount of them that can be on here in a row. It's crazy. What is going on? I don't know what's in the water out there, but Canadians and Torontonians, I don't know if that's what you're called are an amazing bunch in the music world. Um, so shout to them. We got a lot more Toronto DJs and producers and music industry people coming in the next few months. Um, but back to our guest. Um, I really think you guys are going to be able to learn a lot from her hustle, her drive, and her adaptation technique to this time. Um, like all of us, she's dealt with a lot of hardship through this pandemic, uh, loss of all of her DJ work, just like all of us. But she flipped the script. She went through that time where you have to grieve and go through this hard time. But then she uh, shares an important lesson on this episode about just really jumping back on the horse, getting back into it, like saying, yo, I'm not going to let this hold me down. Um, just like Mace says, can't hold me down. So, um, you know, she flipped the script after becoming, uh, well, you know, she got into it. Then she started streaming on Twitch, really blew up her channel. She became a really popular streamer, got partner status on Twitch, which is a really big accomplishment. And it's tough. And then from there, that's led to things that she's never dreamed of, like producing film festivals online, helping a whole film festival do their live stream. So there's a way to flip all of this, you DJs and people out there, and not just kind of wallow in your sorrows and wait for it to come back. Um, And this is a good example of it. And that is not to mention uh, the other thing she does. She has her own online radio station called ISO Radio and a record label called Bear Selection um, that she runs with her partner Frieza Chin. Shout to Frieza Chin, another dope DJ. Um, We also discuss how she uses her platform for activism. 
um, and, you know, trying to spread the good word. Um, she also teaches us some lessons about working with brands, how to reach out to brands. I know that's a question that we get a lot, so I think that'll help a lot of you out there. And, of course, we get deep into some Twitch talk. Okay, that's my new drop for Twitch talk. Twitch talk. We do it every week, and it's becoming a thing, so we need a segment for it. I need, like, an explosion. Twitch talk. That's right. So she teaches us a lot about that because she has gone from, you know, the bottom to here. Started from the bottom. Some more Drake Toronto references. Um, started from the webcam. Now we're at a Sony Canon. Who knows? All right. Bad joke. But yo, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation that I had with her. I think you guys will too. So without further ado, hailing from Toronto, Canada, I am pleased to present to you this week's guest, episode 55, Make Some Noise, for JMKM. Let's go. JMKM, welcome to the 20 Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of the pod, so I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Well, then you get extra points. Thank you. <laughs> I never know if people listen or not. So I'm just like, I, don't, I feel somewhat like there's so many podcasts on earth that I'll promote it. And if you want to listen, fine. But I, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be a burden on your life. Like, have you listened to the episode? <laughs> Come on. Well, that's, what, that's what I think is great about it is like, you know, I've, I've been listening to podcasts a lot more, especially this year with like more time and stuff like that. And yeah. it's cool to be able to like, just go back and listen at your leisure. Like there's no pressure or anything, you know, like I've, I haven't listened to all of the episodes of this, but I've listened to a bunch. Oh, you haven't listened to all. Oh, then we're out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I've Um, I've listened to all the like ones you've done with like the Twitch homies, you know, like E-Rock and DJ scene and, and scratch bastard most recently four colors act, all of those ones. I actually listened to the scene one like kind of recently and it was crazy listening to it because that was before he was even doing Twitch or anything. I know now to see like where his stream is at now it's like one of the best produced i think like one of my favorites anyways yeah i've seen him grow it like and you're right from that time it's funny because that podcast didn't get as many listens in the beginning because i feel like it was in april or something when everybody was going through the like what is happening to my life moments Mm -hmm. and obviously still going through that but um but a different type of it and yeah he was experimenting with facebook instagram everything and and even i've seen his his journey on twitch um and have him how he's tried nights and days and um all types of stuff and i mean he's a pro now you know it's it's, yeah yeah and one of like the the most energetic like streams yeah i don't it's just like it translates every single time i'm just like i know if i need like a pick-me-up i'm just gonna go drop by dj scene stream and i'll be like you know it's literally like vegas to me vegas of twitch it's like i go there and i'm just like amped yeah you're right a lot of djs i feel like are not scared but like they don't want to play the club songs or they feel like i gotta impress other djs and play the most Mm -hmm. obscure song in the world which is cool i love twitch about that but i think scene does a mixture of whatever he's just a dope dj so he's like i'm doing boom bap mondays or i'm doing i'm playing drake nice for what i don't care and i'm i'm dope i'm gonna play it in a dope way totally yeah get those bits and get them bitties and (laughs) yeah it's been it's been really awesome for me to be able to just like see so many different DJs on Twitch. Like 
I'm a, a music like fan first and I was like a fan of DJs and DJ culture before I ever did it myself. Yeah. So yeah. The, the like fan in me like loves this. I'm like, it's so cool. I can watch E-Rock like and Franzen and all these people like every day of the week, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. been awesome. Yeah. And then it's also been really cool for me to like see DJs that I even know and have like have been exposed to and seen a bunch like doing different kinds of things. I love that too. So, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, um, awesome. yeah, exactly. You get to see them in their true element and who they are and even who they're coming into at, during this time because they were people got so constrained and put in those boxes of like, well, this is, I got to be this kind of DJ if, if I want to be at festivals or if I want to be at private events or nightclubs. And so now they're able to be like, this is what I love. This is what I do. And I build my crowd around it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, where, you know, how are things with you where you are? You're in Toronto, right? I'm in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I still kind of can't believe we're in this situation. And yeah. I think that it still trips me up sometimes that we're now like, you know, eight or almost nine months into this thing. And not only is it not getting better, it's actually like kind of worse than it's ever been in terms of the actual virus itself um and that can be disheartening for sure like i feel like <laughs> i i i knew pretty early on that it wasn't going to be two weeks like they originally said right, i was like right. i feel like we're in this for like a while i'd already said okay we're probably not getting a summer but i thought that maybe by this time it would kind of be starting to bounce back and i think i had a little bit different of a view on it too because i actually have a lot of friends in asia I have friends okay, that live okay. in China and in, in Hong Kong. And um, so I'd already seen and heard of them kind of going through their stuff in like January and February. And I kind of thought that we would maybe follow a similar trajectory, but that hasn't yeah. been the case. <laughs> Me too. Even watching all of it, like I was watching Italy, France, um, you know, China, Taiwan, uh Japan, like, and trying to get a feeling for like, okay, what's it going to be like here? I know we're, you guys are Canada, we're America, you know, we're close, but different. Mm -hmm. But still, it's like, different than all of that, you know, it's, it's so different. And I mean, that we could probably just do a whole pod just on this. <laughs> but I feel like there really is something to the whole like, people having a different understanding of the collective good, you know, versus like individualism. And I think that's a real thing, especially in in Asia specifically, which is like, you know, I, I grew up in Hong Kong for a time. I have like lots of friends there. So I think I kind of understand the mentality a little bit more. And yeah, yeah, it's just I feel like people understand the value of doing something that's not just for yourself, that actually makes life easier for everyone around you and makes society function better. And you see that even in like, you know, little things like how there's all these like weird little social norms, like even taking public transit to like, yeah. you know, stand in a certain place so that you're not in someone's way, like little things like that, that people just inherently do over there that I right, feel like right. in North American society, we would never be able to get people to do that because we're just so wrapped up in like individualism. So yeah, again, this is like, could be a whole podcast on this, but that's kind of like my take on it. No, it's the truth. I, I, I've i said similar things before and that, yeah, there's that element of respect for society and other humans, like especially in Japan and Taiwan and, and Hong Kong and other places that um, 
is not here, especially I feel like in America and, you know, Canada too, but like it's, um, I know, which is sort of letting everything get out of control in a way. And you can apply it to all different parts of our life too, even in the music world and DJ and everything, but, but it's not helping with the coronavirus stuff for sure. Um, so yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been- wild over here i mean we had a little period in the summertime where things kind of looked like they were starting to open again like some patios were opening a little bit of like indoor dining was happening and then um yeah Yeah, no as of monday this week we kind of just went back into like the the most restricted we've been so um it's kind of it's crazy i mean i feel so much for all of my friends who are small business owners i have lots of them here like my heart is with those people and um yeah, I just, I hope we can just like make it through this winter. <laughs> winter in Canada too is like a whole nother beast. So I know it should be easier to stay inside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've become a homebody this year though, to be honest. Like I've really like, I had to really lean into like this whole staying home thing. And um, because I w- was previously in my past life, pre-March 2020 was <laughs> yeah. like a serious social butterfly, you know, like I've been going out and being in clubs and club environments since I was like 16 years old. And that's really been like the center of my whole life, my social life, my, my work, everything was in that space. Right. And so when that kind of went away, I was like really down for the first month. Like I could barely do anything, honestly. Same. I'm with you. I know I, I totally can relate. I think a lot of people could, some people jumped right into it or had different things, but um, I know it was like a, period of like what's happening and 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 plus you don't know what's really in front of us we didn't know so yeah that unknown the period of the unknown and then and then really like the the grief period which is what I realized it was after like and when I finally like I think I read an article or something that was talking about how that feeling is actually grief and they say that like you know when you're able to like name something and and have words to describe it it helps so much with like being able to deal with it and I felt that was really true because I was like okay now that I know that I'm like grieving I can like tackle that you know so yeah yeah no that's that's a good way to put it and I think it's the truth and also yeah like we're I mean we're so used to just being on the go or, or what's who's DJing tonight or where are we going or oh, I'm, I'm on a trip I gotta fly to this place right now or go see this person it it just like blurred all together so this time at home has been a almost like just this constant evolution um, into things. And mm-hmm. and I know you've kind of been finding all these cool new ways to utilize your skills, which is um, something I want to talk about in this podcast, you know, later on, like, because I think it can be an inspiration to a lot of DJs that feel like, what should I be doing? Or is Twitch even worth it? Like, I'm just DJing in a room, like, like, everything in life, in a way is like a puzzle that fits together. You don't know where the piece is going to go, but sometimes you have this one piece and then you have these other pieces and then somehow they come together later. So I I think just doing this stuff and not overthinking it um, and diving in is, is the key to it. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And And like sometimes you'll be holding that piece for a really long time and not knowing and just being like, I have this piece. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's, that's the year of this and it's really hard, but, um, you know, hopefully that's like what I've been discovering with this podcast, like 
trying to tap into the things that can help people. Like we could talk about same thing. Like I would start off the year, like we're going to talk about Corona all the whole hour. Like, what are you doing in your house? What's in your fridge? And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I want to talk about like, what are we doing? We got to let's inspire each other. Oh, wait, you edit videos. I didn't know you could do that. DJs actually are good at editing videos that I didn't think that could be a thing for them. Or you do, you know, everyone that's been on has these different takes or different approaches and different jobs that it's like, oh, let's just share with each other the different opportunities that are out there and help each other out. And, and we're closer than ever through Twitch and Instagram and all the sharing. So in a way, it's not just like the LA DJ community now or the Toronto DJ community. It's like, you know, even when I put out for to ask questions for you, like so many people I recognized from either Twitch from the Bay Area or Toronto and everywhere, but it was all connected in a way. So right. it's cool. I love that. That's definitely one of the big silver linings, you know? Like, yeah. And I think that when things are really confusing or you're going through a hard time, like you just have to hold on to those kinds of positives and just like really focus on it. And I absolutely love all the opportunities I've had to like meet different people, reconnect with people I haven't seen in years, um, get to know people even better. Like maybe people who I just met a couple times, like I I've loved that. And it's been like, it's been a blessing for sure. Yeah, for sure. And so you said you grew up in Hong Kong for some time. Um, mm -hmm. Where is that where you got into music stuff? Or was that just sort of just your upbringing? As yeah, younger? so I was actually born in the UK. I was born in England. Oh, cool. um, my mom's British and my dad's from Hong Kong. Wow. So yeah, we moved back to Hong Kong when I was like a baby. And I lived there until I was like 12 years old. So had a pretty like interesting upbringing living in like a big city like that. Yeah, you know, a big metropolis very densely populated very multicultural as well um i went to an international school so i got to like meet people from all over the world and um yeah i would i wouldn't say i got into music really i mean i played instruments growing up um the school that i went to we actually had to learn an instrument like oh, cool. par part of our curriculum yeah and so um i started playing the violin and then i played the flute for a while but i wouldn't say i was like really into music as a child i didn't come right. from like a musical family yeah what about your parents were they they were just kind of doing yeah. other things and playing whatever they liked in the house yeah my dad actually was like a like more of a music fan than my mom my dad's chinese so he's like um you know he loves his karaoke and stuff like that and he has like really great taste in music like that's how i really learned about like you know michael jackson and and whitney houston and prince those are all like his vibes his jams yeah um Another thing too that I like only really realized in hindsight about my upbringing is that like we didn't have the same exposure to like TV and radio and and even movies back then. Right. We would get them like way later overseas. It's not like nowadays where there's like a global release. It's yeah. like we actually got stuff like literally months later. So um and we only had like a couple of like English speaking TV channels. So like there'll be some certain things that friends of mine will like reference, like pop culture references from like the nineties or whatever. And I'll be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I would say I got more into music like when I moved to Canada and um, that was like in my tweens, I guess, like early. Right. Yeah. And I moved to Calgary. That's where I really grew up. Oh, cool. Most of my like teenage 
and adult life before moving to Toronto. Nice. So. That's actually a big DJ city. It's freezing there, right? And there's not much to do, but there's some amazing uh, DJs and music venues and all types of music stuff there. Amazing DJs. Like really strong DJ culture, not only in like hip hop. I mean, we have DJ Pump who is literally like a legend in Calgary. Oh my God, he's one of the yeah. best. I mean, that's the problem with all you Canadians. Like I have to space out my guests on the podcast because there's like so many people I want and then they're all from Toronto or they're all from, I'm like, shit, I got to space this out. There's too many dope people like oh, Scratch Bastard have- and Pump and F- Flow, you know, like Keys and Crates and Headspin. And I mean, it's insane. Thugly, there's too many, you know. Yeah, they're all from up here. Like we definitely have the most like dope DJs per capita considering oh, how crazy. small our population is. So. Yeah, Toronto yeah. and Calgary. I mean, small town DJs, and town I mean, DJs. and, and like just a moment of silence for the Hi Fi Club, um, one of the dopest clubs in the world. I got to play there one time, and um, I mean, the the amount of amazing talent they brought in there over the fifteen years they were open, and the what they did for the culture, I think, was so unbelievable. So unbelievable. Like, I think that the like I wouldn't be the music fan I am without the hi-fi club and sort of like having that part of my story and my upbringing. And, and again, like I kind of got into DJing a bit later. So the, all the first years I was going to hi-fi was just as like a fan and seeing so many amazing acts. And like, they really were like tastemakers. Like they were putting on people who weren't big yet. And they were booked, they've booked everybody who's now huge, like when they were small and totally, and just having that influence was amazing. Small town DJs are like definitely some of the most like, influential DJs and music people like in Calgary. And I think they were just super cool, you know, like they had super cool. They're hilarious. I watch them on Twitch. Now they have that show on good TV channel where they do the interviewing and then, uh, he does dad rock radio. Then they did those festival sets, you know, where they're wearing flannels and flannel masks. And (laughs) it's amazing. they're, They're amazing. They're super cool guys. And like they, I think something that really always stuck with me about how small town went about their business is that they're really always about community in everything they did. And that's what made Hi-Fi so special is it was really like cheers. Like everybody knows your name. You see the same people. And in a smaller city, like that means a lot, you know, to like be able to like go out and have somewhere where you feel like you belong, you know, especially in, in like a city like Calgary where it's like freezing during the winter, like, it can be pretty like isolating and depressing. So to have like a force like the Hi-Fi Club um, was amazing. And they used to have their own store too, which was like super cool. It's They sold like records and and like gear and stuff like that. And um, yeah, they're just like the raddest dudes. I have nothing but amazing things to say about small town DJs. And then even some of the like more like kind of local promoters there, like there's this guy, Mikey DeRosa, who was more in like the house scene. Yeah. And, like he to me is like, kind of a local legend too for how he built up his business he would like he, he was so smart what he used to do he would bring acts like cascade and like felix the house cat and acts like that and he would go to the mall and he would go to all the stores where he knew all the like young like hot women worked yeah. and he would put them all on guest lists for his shows right so he became known as like the guy who threw cool parties where there'd right. be always like good looking people Yes. <laughs> Which is like definitely a strategy too. You that know? was a so. good tactic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dope so DJs, have- hot girls, good looking humans. Everyone that- likes that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Calgary was cool. It was definitely dope growing up there. Um, but 
I mean, I always wanted like, not even like more, but I kind of just never felt like I was going to spend my whole life there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, back of my head, I knew that I just like needed a bit more like room to grow per se. Yeah. So yeah. And that, I've been in Toronto now for like five years. Oh, cool. Okay. And you started, so, so you really got an amazing mu- musical education, um, being in Calgary, um, and like being around those, like we said, those legendary nightclubs and venues and promoters and DJs. And mm-hmm. before you were even DJing, um, you got such, you know, like a good education from all that. Um, but then when yeah. you moved to Toronto, was that when you started DJing or how did you first get into it? Who like showed you how to do it or inspired you to do it? Yeah. Um, so when I was in Calgary, like my, my ex at the time was actually a DJ as well. And that's oh, cool. how I like really got like that sort of like close up view of what was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And him and I split up in like 2014 and I used to like sometimes play around with his gear at home, like nothing serious. Like honestly, just like I would, you know, try to like mix two songs together. But it was kind of crazy because even just I had been so exposed to it and had like watched it for so long that even the first time that I went to try to like cue up a song, it's like yeah. I kind of just knew what to do, you know, like right. there wasn't that like. And I know you've seen people who don't DJ when they walk up to a setup. It's like the most awkward thing ever. Like they don't know where to put their hands and they're just right. kind of like fumbling around what is this crossfader thing (laughs) yeah so i never really had that moment it was kind of just like felt supernatural right from the jump so when when um he and i had split up and we're like on very good terms like we're super good friends still he actually gave me um his old mixer and he was like yeah why don't you just hang on to this and you know if you ever decide you want to like have a setup at home or like whatever you can like learn and that's really what started it all. It kind of just like spiraled from there. I was like, I'm going to get turntables. But at the, at the, like, I wasn't really thinking I was going to like do it seriously. I was just like, cool, this is dope. Like, I love this, you know, I love DJing. I love yeah. music. Well, that's how the best stuff begins, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. never did I think this would be my job or my life, you know, growing up when I was doing it. I'm like, this is this dope thing I love. For sure, this isn't what I'll do seriously, you know, and then yeah. little do I know it's my actual whole life, you know, later. So yeah. sometimes like, those are the best things you put the most work into that, you know, cause you're not yeah. worried about the money or the fame or, you know, all the things associated with it, which then come later and you have to learn through the business. But I think that's totally. a good, good thing. Yeah. It was like a very pure, like start. I was just like, I just like love this and want to do it as a hobby. Yeah. Kind of like snowballed. And, but honestly, I, I had played like a couple times out while in Calgary. Nothing crazy, just like small gigs. But when I got to Toronto is when it really like kicked into high gear. And I actually didn't expect to move out here solely to like uh, pursue DJing per se. I was kind of like doing a bunch of different things back then. I was like doing some freelance writing and I was working in marketing. And I was kind of like, Toronto is really the place to be if I want to like be working in music or media. Yeah. And, um, but when I got out here, I came at like a really interesting time because it was when big kind of clubs were really starting to move away from playing like really just like house music and that kind of vibe into like playing hip hop and stuff. Um, here anyways, I don't know about anywhere else, but in spring of 2015, that's really what was going on in Toronto. There was kind of this like shift happening where it was just like the bottle service clubs were like really getting more into hip hop. 
So that really worked in my favor because I really like to play like hip hop and stuff. Yeah. No, I think you're right because there was a time when they were, well, a long time ago, you know, in 2006 and seven, they were like mashups. That's the thing, you know, and then slowly it was like up tempo and then house music and electro and all that. And, And you're right. Around 2015, everything started splintering back off where the dance music people could have their own thing and then and the bottle service or mainstream was just hip-hop you know in a way and and then those clubs like in i know i've played at um efs a few times yeah and that's just straight hip-hop you know um yeah like but then you have other clubs up there that are very uh versatile or you know let you play kind of everything too totally yeah Yeah. So that was going on when I first moved here. Like it was the music itself was kind of changing in some of these spaces. And then um, I think also there was just starting to become more of an interest in like not just booking male DJs as well. Yeah. I think that was a big cultural shift that was happening around that same time where people were like wanting a bit more diversity. So I think that also worked in my favor a bit because they were like, okay, cool. (laughs) And like, I don't know, it's a weird thing. Like I obviously don't think you should be booked on some like tokenism kind of like bullshit yeah, but at I the agree. same t- yeah at the same time though like especially in those earlier days like being a woman it could make you stand out too like in a way you would be a bit more memorable to people if they saw right. you like and i think um you know obviously i put everyone on the same level and i try not to be like this this is the best female dj you know like i try to put everyone in the same boat um but sometimes, you know, there it is a male dominated industry and a lot of my DJ friends are guys and I, I've hear people make different comments about things or this girl just got booked because she's a girl, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, yo, I went to the party she was DJing and like she was playing songs that I would never play or that you would never play or in a different way. And the girls were all going crazy. So there's something, you know, there's it's important to ignore it and put everyone on the same level. But at the same time, yeah, like you're saying, yes, girl, uh, women, females, you know, could have a, a leg up by just their gender or the way they look, but also uh, their understanding or their interpretation of the music, the same way guys might just be like, yo, I'm playing these songs for the dudes. And then it's like, this isn't that fun. You know, it's a. Yeah. Well, a women mix. are a hundred percent more intuitive than men <laughs> and can pick up on like, a vibe like right. what it's all about right and like i that i think that that's like women's superpower is like they're very intuitive they can they can you know sense things yes you're right so, in all I, things that's why in relationships guys are like i don't know what she's mad about exactly, you know exactly. <laughs> and she's like how do you not know what i'm mad about you know and you're like i'm totally. trying i swear just write it on a piece of paper yeah. um but yeah you're right and and that's why guys a lot of times are like oh i'm trying to make the girls dance you know or like oh i gotta play songs for the girls oh what are the where are the ladies at you know it's like yeah. like they literally have to make fat man scoop chanting where the ladies at to like get their attention <laughs> like what do i do here you know right whereas like a woman might remember a song that i used to listen to with my girlfriends when we were like 16 and you know it might be some like weird destiny's child album cut but i yeah. know that other women like that and so totally. it's like drawing those experiences in a different way so yeah i think that that is something that's really unique about women and one of the many reasons why we're awesome. And then there's also... (laughs) Yeah, but no, I run stuff by my wife, you know, like I'll be like going through like, what do you think for this party? Like it's for Mm -hmm. this kind of 
age and these kind of people like i'm gonna play these songs and she's like yeah but what about this and this And i'm like oh i didn't even think about that you know and she's not a dj but she knows what would yeah. be good you know yeah. i feel like a lot of women are also like very observant and i don't know what what that is is that a maternal instinct or like what but i find that like most of the women in my life like notice things you know so even yeah. like for me um all those years i spent in like a club environment not djing myself I noticed so many things that you wouldn't see as the DJ while you're like doing Serato face, you know, yes. like how people react or just like little like body, like language kind of things when certain types of vibes come on. So um, yeah, it's like drawing on all those experiences. And then, I mean, there's also the, the like simple fact of that, like sometimes it's just better to have a woman in certain gigs too. Like when I do corporate stuff for like, you know, makeup companies, like I'm not yeah. saying the guys cannot wear makeup, but the, the you know the big target audience is going to be women so if i'm doing an event for like sephora it just makes sense to have a woman there djing wearing the makeup that people are buying you know what i mean so totally yeah yeah no i agree And, and i think that um like you said the women you know or whatever people being um alert and seeing the things and not just staring at your computer and not just doing the thing you planned out um, Mm -hmm. just as a whole as DJs is something important to keep in mind because DJs get so stuck in their own world and um, it's you know that's some that's something that I think will help you get gigs you know if you're able to be versatile and able to be in tune with the crowd and able to shift and go as as you go you know because I do a lot of events too and I it's always different, you know? So yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you. Like, what do you think makes a great DJ? Because obviously you're someone that has listened to great DJs and now you're in that world. And then you've had to play a role from everything from DJing for all different types of brands, which I know every event's different to these nightclubs, to your own events and stuff. So what do you think makes a great DJ? I mean, I think um, being like adaptable for sure not having like trying to manage your ego. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Very true. Can be super helpful. Um, I honestly just like, I get asked this question a lot, especially when I do like workshops and stuff. And I think you have to genuinely have like an actual like love for music and be a fan first. Um, and yeah, just kind of take yourself like out of the equation a bit sometimes. Like, like you said, it's not always about like impressing people or impressing other DJs. It's just like your job is to like create a great positive and fun vibe for people. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's true. I mean, it's like DJ AM, you know, like rest in peace. But I mean, his, you know, he would always say like, feed the soul, starve the ego, you know, like that's what you have to do. Like, if you're not feeding your soul, at least somewhat, you're going to fall apart and be empty. And if you're constantly feeding your ego, you're just going to be crazy person, full of yourself, you know, and not really get anywhere. So I think that is really important. And to me, he's one of the greatest DJs and and that was his motto. So I think that says a lot, you know, that, that you put that in there. Um, Yeah. I think too, like, um, Oh my God, I was just thinking about like DJ AM's do-over set. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, God, the oh best. God. I was there. Like I was no there in that little backyard. It was at Crane's Tavern. And I remember like they were freaking out. They're like, yo, we got AM to come do this shit. I'm like, yo. And he had, um, 
I know he did a couple times, but he had skills come do the head nod like live and like an aloe blacks on the mic. I mean, it was nuts. And we're in this tiny backyard, like so small and just, you know, some lady making endless jugs of sangria and that's all everyone's drinking. And it was, it's, it was so magical. Like when the do over was at that spot and then him coming in and being known as this Vegas DJ person, but just destroying it you know on the scratching in 90s hip-hop it it was unbelievable yeah he's he's amazing i was lucky enough to see him like a couple of times in calgary and i'm so thankful that i got that opportunity but that do-over set is like one of those ones that you know in that era like whatever 2007 to 2010 let's say yeah i was like really just heavily listening to like a lot of mixes and um you know like live recorded sets like you could find everything online back then for download on like blogspot or like whatever the fuck it was and i would just like (laughs) (laughs) i would load up my uh my like ipod classic at the time yes (laughs) and um with just mixes and i would just listen to them all day long and i was like i have so many like memories of that but yeah. Totally- oh, Mike B put together a Dropbox, like uh, the Mike B, you know, he um, of like every dope mix ever. It's insane. Like there's like part one, part two, but it's like those and just it's it's ins- it would be the ultimate musical education for any DJ. They just want to sit and listen to all the dopest mixes ever. Yeah. I'm so glad we have like that stuff archived, you know, I think yeah. that I'm really interested in the idea of like archiving and um and and capturing like certain moments in time yeah and um now it's so weird because we create so much content that's literally disappears in 24 hours and it's like that's not i think about that sometimes like that's not existing anywhere it's just like you know that record is just gone so i know i know and some stuff's just not on streaming services you know you take for granted you're like oh i want to hear de la soul you're like oh it's not even on there or just like certain things you're like damn that's crazy but i know same like i just found like my tapes like cassette tapes from my college radio show and i got a little tape player and i'm like i'm just gonna record every single one in just so i have it in the future you know because i i spent so much time doing this it might not be the best mix but i want to have it organized and archived yeah you gotta have that stuff like it's important it's like i you know i i believe in the value of like studying history to learn about ourselves in present day oh and i think you apply that to like anything to like society business music whatever so i think 100 percent. like that's like if you don't any the people that know the more about the history of whatever they're talking about they're they're like they know more about the culture it's the same with coronavirus you know like i've been doing research this has forced me to go do research about the 1918 1919 pandemic and like how people were acting then and same thing they didn't want to wear masks and in america (laughs) it was the whole same shit i'm like what what are we doing you know and then same with um the presidents like i was looking back like has anyone ever done stuff like donald trump's doing and i was looking back at all these presidents from America and I'm like, Oh, we had some crazy ass shit go on that people didn't even yeah. know about like in the 1800s that, and everyone's acting like it's new cause it's all on Twitter now. But, um, right. yeah, you have, have to been- learn and same with hip hop DJing. Like you got to know what you're, what you're involved in. You know what I mean? Otherwise you're sort of taking advantage of the culture in a way. Yeah, totally. And I think that if you know, like, you know, where something came from, you can figure out 
A, like what is it missing or how can I add to this or advance it in a positive yeah. way? And um, I think that's really important too. You're not just like, I'm, I'm all about like trying to like innovate and like do different things. Um, I yeah, think that yeah. that's like, that's really the creative part of music to me is like, how can I like do something that's never been done or like do it in a different way? And um, yeah, so I think it's important to sort of like know where you came from. Yeah, we like I mean, went that, way yeah. off the original question, but I love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, "What was even the original question?" <laughs> I think it was what makes a great DJ. But we oh, were, yeah. you know, it's all it all all of that. <laughs> that that's the truth. I mean, knowing your history is a huge part. I mean, Scratch Bastard is the epitome of that. You know, um, he came on, and this is something we talked about forever. And he talked about that he was before the show. He was doing doubles of. Run DMC, Sucka MCs, you know what I mean? The first song all DJs would do, and he's learning new patterns like a week ago, you know? So you take yeah. the old things and you bring them into the new, and that's something that he was saying too. So yeah, definitely. It, it all ties together. I know we're going off on tangents, back. but I think it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I mean, just to tie into that too, um, there's, there's, you know, different DJs for different things. And I know mm. that um, something that I've been lucky enough to do is be like a versatile DJ where I'll be DJing at a Vegas bottle service club one night, the next night I'm doing an event for Netflix, the next day I'm doing a thing for Nike, then I'm doing a tiny bar where I get to play whatever I want, then I get to do the do-over. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I'm so scattered all over the place, but I feel lucky enough that I've, I've sort of diversified my musical knowledge and I'm endlessly learning and I'm willing to jump into these weird experiences. And I know that's something um, you do as well. Like you can DJ these really cool, I mean, just from the Twitch stuff alone, I see you do these online festivals. And like you said, you're playing new Afrobeat stuff. You're playing 2000s hip hop, you, you know, all types of things, very versatile. I know you know about all kinds of music, especially being from UK and Hong Kong and, you know, no one, and, and Toronto having a crazy jungle drum and bass scene and being somewhat of a, Toronto feels like a European city in a way. Like whenever mm -hmm. I go there for the film festival, it's yeah. not like when I go to Sundance where I'm like, I'm in Utah. Like, right. I feel like I'm like in, a, in Europe when I'm in Toronto, you know, it's very worldly. Um, yeah. And I know you do so many events uh, for so many brands. Um, so what, um, I guess, like, how did you get into that? Or what's your approach to being so versatile for all that? Mm. Is, it, is it your love of music or? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, like, one thing about me is that I'm not, like, a trickster. I'm not a turntablist. I don't scratch. Right. Um, my whole thing always with DJing from day one and still true to this day is, like, I just like dope song selection. Yeah. Um, clean mixing. I like to blend. Like for me, that's cool. Like, you know, yeah. like holding a nice long blend and like doing a, a seamless transition to me is like, that's what I, that was my only goal when I ever like started DJing. I was like, I just want to mix clean, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of just like what I've always tried to do is just like have, you know, do my research, find cool music, play it in a really clean way. And in a way, like, I think that, on what I do on Twitch is sometimes like it's like Twitch is really it's what I do it's not very interesting to look at you know what I mean like I said I'm not doing like tricks there's nothing like visually appealing about it so that was like something that I really had to like 
wrap my head around. I was like, you know, am I going to like suck on Twitch because like I have no room to play to? Like, I think that's really my strength as a DJ is like playing to a room and like knowing again, tapping into that like intuition of mine and like knowing what to play at the right moment, whether I'm playing a like sweaty dance party or playing a like chill corporate event for like a high-end brand. Like I just know what to play at the right time. So that's, that's my strength. I think that's a great way to put it. And and it is the online environment is not very conducive to that. Like maybe Zoom when you could see all the people in the windows and you're like, I yeah. think they're liking it. But with Twitch, you really have to rely on this chat room, which you don't know what the hell's going on or who's talking. And you do have to get more into your speaking voice and not and get out of the people are looking at me on a camera type mode. Because same with me, my first few sets, I'm like, I got to be the best, most insane DJ ever. You know, and then I realized like, oh, wait a second. I can just find dope songs I want to play. I can talk to people. Then I can do my routines and you can go in and out of whatever you want to present, you know, and and do the new style of crowd reading, which is chat reading, I guess. Totally. Yeah. I think that um, before like pre, you know, pre-pandemic when I was playing out a lot, it was really a lot more of like obviously reading the crowd and like and and song selecting with what I would think would go. But like it was a lot more of like uh, back and forth between like me and and the crowd. Yeah, totally. Um, Whereas now on Twitch, it's like it's relying a lot more on me to like set whatever that vibe is. And like, yes, there is that element of like quote unquote crowd reaction in your chat, but it's really not the same thing. But it's different. Um, No, because people are like, Oh, there's 120 people where my lurkers, you know, it's like, you don't know what's going on. And sometimes I'm listening, I'm driving. I just have it on the background. I'm like, sorry guys, I'm not going to chat to you, but like, I'm liking your mix. So totally. Yeah. There's (laughs) definitely like that whole like lurker aspect of it too, where it's like someone might be, and I do it myself when I put Twitch on my on my smart TV and I'll watch I'll be watching someone and like loving it and cooking and cleaning and like enjoying the vibe. But I'm not like in the chat. Yeah. Same. So, yeah. I'm like so, I'm sending them like telepathy. I'm like, I'm liking it. I hope you yeah, feel this. It. <laughs> we need um, to implement that into Twitch. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been weird. Like, like I said, I don't really think that I can put my best foot forward on Twitch necessarily as a DJ. But I do think I'm still able to showcase my personality and like connect with people. And like, I'm a social person. I love that aspect of it. I love chatting with people. I love some of the crazy like conversations I get into with my chat. And um, it's definitely a vibe, you know, there's a vibe there. It's just something so different than actually DJing a party. Yeah. Um, And I sometimes like not worry. I'm like, will I still be able to like do it when it, if it comes back, when it comes back? But it is a weird thing to be like, I don't remember that feeling anymore. So weird. I know. I did like I did a party like in last month in October and it was like, you know, I don't know if I would even do it again. Everything's gotten so crazy, but they tested everybody and it was very, you know, locked down this many people, 40 people. Everyone's still wearing masks. It's tested, you know, but and I was freaking out. I'm like, should I be doing this? Um, But it felt good to DJ and be like, oh, wait, I do know what I'm doing. You know, like it's like, it's whoa, a different feeling. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, my God, they're bobbing their head. I'm, I'm changing, you know, like I'm saying no to requests. I'm saying yes to this. Like just the normal things are happening. Like I'm trying, you know, and and then other annoying things that are Corona involved, you know, where, of course, the person comes over and they're way too close and they're like. Mm-hmm. 
what kind of mixer is that? And you're like, I don't want to be having this conversation right now. Like, we don't need to be having the COVID in your my face. What kind of yeah, mixer yeah. is that? Okay, exactly. just like write me. That's where I like Twitch. <laughs> yeah, go, go that, away. That um, is another positive of, of Twitch is just like those personal boundaries yes. are like much more defined because <laughs> because it's crazy now like when i go back i enter back into things and i'm like okay some people are way more touchy or clo- too close or mask a little low you know you're mm-hmm. like okay can we just get all on the same page let's not touch until 2022 at least yeah. and yeah. uh put your mask over your nose thanks okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes it's I don't know, but but I but exactly, I had the same feeling. Like, am I a DJ? Do I know what I'm doing? You know, and I've been doing this forever. You know, like, and I I needed that. Like, it gave me such a boost. And that happened even this Saturday with Twitch. I, I was in the same way. Like, oh, should I go on Twitch? I don't know. Like, I've been doing guest sets, but on my own channel, people are like, when are you going on? And I finally did it, and it was the best. And I had so much fun, mm-hmm. and I got into the Twitch experience, and um, you know, it was like. Now I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's let's figure this out and let's adapt to this. Like I have other shows that I want to do besides DJing on Twitch. And I think that's the beauty of it. We we can do whatever we want, you know. Um and I know you you have your I mean, before Twitch, um, you have your own online radio station, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you so- were in that world already sort of deciding the sky's the limit. We can just put this out into the world, anything from talk shows to like cooking shows to whatever, yeah. right? Like DJ shows. Totally. Um, and it's so funny because like we, it's myself and my partner, Frieza, who founded that. And then we yeah. also have- So shout to Frieza Chin, super dope yeah. DJ as well, right? <laughs> That's so cool. You guys are the power couple. That's great. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. It's definitely a life hack having like a partner who's does the same thing as you, but- yeah, that's great. Um, but you guys seem so great. I've seen you on Twitch. Like, you're just having fun and like, you're just so authentic and genuine together. And you both seem like you love music and each other and everything. And like, it's great to see, you know, like, I think that's, it's cool. Yeah, it's, we're super blessed. And like, Frieza and I were friends for like a while. Like, we were really strictly pl- platonic friends for a long time before okay. we became couple. And it really just happened like super organically, naturally. And I think that that's that thing that people, because they, they, people often say what you just said, like, you have a good vibe together. And I'm like, I think it's because we have that foundation yeah. where we were like really good friends and, and colleagues, like in DJing, you know? So we kind of just know how to like balance all those different relationship dynamics. But yeah, yeah, we founded ISO radio like almost two years ago. We have two other partners who are like more kind of, they do more of the like development and like tech side of it. But Frieza and I really are like the face of that. And we do all like the programming and yeah, we, that came from like our love of like, um, like pirate radio and stuff in the UK. And we wanted to kind of start a similar thing here. So yeah, we started that um, end of 2018, and I mean, it was going going along good, and then obviously pandemic has changed a lot of stuff. Like, we had to close our actual studio space. Um, we just recently, like, closed it again because we had reopened, right. and um, yeah, just kind of, it's those weird decisions, like, you never know if you're doing the right thing. I'm like, I know that this thing is good for our community. It's... And, and a lot of our like DJs and our resident hosts and stuff were like, oh, I'm so glad I have this outlet, especially now that I don't have like clubs to play in and I can like, you know, keep my skills up and stuff. And like, you're getting all this great feedback and you're like, 
okay, I want to keep it open for that reason. But then am I being responsible by like having right. something open when everything is closed, you know? So yeah. it's those difficult decisions. What about make. moving? Like that seems like something that would be somewhat of a natural move to something like Twitch or start, you know, the way they started good TV or the, they're doing these networks in a way like, it, have you ever thought about that or, or are you doing that? And I missed yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, with the closure of the actual physical space, like we're pretty much going to, um, kind of rework like what we've been doing because it it was founded as like a radio station online radio you know like that's right. broadcast from a physical space five days a week and i just i'm like now we can't be what we originally thought but it doesn't mean that it can't still live on in a different way so we're definitely still going to do like you know audio streams um whether we're like streaming pre-recorded content or some people do have the ability to like broadcast from home. So we'll like definitely continue doing that. And we're going to do more streams, like more stuff on Twitch. Um, and I kind of just want to like try to get people involved in ISO as a platform who maybe aren't even DJs. And we've done a little bit of this stuff in the past where we've had like journalists or like comedians or like just like random people curate yeah. playlists and so i'm like i kind of want to lean into that like people who aren't djs or don't have like all this insane gear at home like how can we get them involved in like what we're doing because ultimately it is a platform that's like about the community it's right. supposed to reflect the community um yeah even talk yeah. shows i mean i've seen some guy on twitch that's like the gamer therapist and like it's kind of dope like he'll have on big gamers and go really deep like a therapist into hard issues to deal with, which I think nobody does in yeah, a lot of a these industries. And everyone's going through so much hard times right now with like mental health. And, and and you keep it so surface, like I'll DM with different DJs. How you doing? Oh, I look like you're killing it. Oh, everything's cool. Yeah, cool, man. You know, it's like the most surface thing. Nobody wants to say what they're really feeling or what they've been going through for months, you know, until someone says one clue and they're like oh i'm depressed too man i've had the worst time ever my life's falling apart i don't know what to do you know then you're like oh thank god i can talk to another human so yeah. yeah i wonder if there's i haven't seen that yet for djs but like therapists or people that can tap into their mental states because everyone's going through such a hard time um mm -hmm. right now and, it, and we are a community as well so that's really? other ways to give back you know yeah i definitely like um that's so true like we had a show actually on the radio station um, that is, it's hosted by this girl, Ariane. She's a comedian. And the concept of the show was that Ariane would be the host and then she would always have her friend who's a therapist come on. Oh, and cool. then their third guest would be another comedian that Ariane knows through her comedy work. Yeah. And they would talk about like mental health, like issues. Great. And obviously have this one person who's like a professional and knows how to address those, but then yeah, they would yeah. use this like lens of comedy to like deliver it. And I was like, I got to hit up Ariane because I think something like that would be interesting on Twitch. Totally mixed with yeah. the chat. I mean, it'd be unbelievable, you know, and then the right guest to have on that would be able to be vulnerable enough and show people what's totally. up. And it's not just all so surface, you know, like you don't have to be killing it all the time or, 
or be expected to even know what you're doing. Like I think something you mentioned to me from the Scratch Bastard episode was that we were talking about how social media, like you're expected to have the right answer right when you say something or right when you see something and if and then you're stuck to that answer whatever you said you're done for the rest of your life in 14 years someone's gonna look back and go you said this and you're like Mm -hmm. i don't i was just like talking like i've i've learned a lot since then you know like can we just say i don't know sometimes or or learn or speak to each other (laughs) totally that part of that conversation that you guys had really like just it really hit me because i was like that's so real, you know, like just the rate at the, the rate at which things happen in our world is like so mind boggling and not normal, you know? No, it's not normal. um, Yeah. (laughs) And I think for a while at the beginning of this pandemic, there was a lot more talk about like, let's slow down. And that was all super positive. And now I feel like we're just like back again, like at a crazy pace. So I'm like, how do we slow down again? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Or, or yeah. Or, or take those things into account. Yeah. No, I know. Like my my nephew, I remember like we we were hanging out for a while, you know, with like my sister's family and my family and and we went around the table or something or like what will you miss when things get back to normal a bit? You know, and I th- I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like I just wish we'll we'll remember um I, I can't even remember, but it was something like I wish that we'll remember to hang out or to enjoy these mm-hmm. moments or to to be together and, and like enjoy it. And, and it's true. Like even a nine-year-old can see like, wow, everybody was moving so fast and now we're having this quality time together. And hopefully we can keep this going even when things get back to the craziness. Cause I used to be gone every single weekend, you know, any family function, any friend function, I'd never been to a wedding of any of my friends or anything because I'm always flying somewhere, you know? So now it's so weird. They're like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I'm reading books with my kid and yeah. like doing whatever and trying to get myself to stream on Twitch. But yeah, it's, it's a, I know it's, it's different. I think, I think that that's something like we're, we all keep saying like when it gets back to normal, mm-hmm. but I think now that we're hitting the end of 2020, like we might have to like come to realization that maybe that's not the best wording because maybe it's like, like, okay, as we get back to whatever this is you know and not even the new normal like that whole like buzzwordy thing like yeah just like okay let's just slowly just like we always have adjust to life because i don't think it's going back to normal the way we knew it yeah and like maybe that's a good thing right like of course we want our jobs back (laughs) yes yes i want everyone to go inside i want to be able to go do it and what we want but but yeah Yeah. it's still but maybe there's like you know i do think that like when going through anything in life that's like a challenge like whether it's pandemic or personal issues it's like you kind of just have to like take out of it like what did i learn from this and like how can i like apply this going forward you know what i mean and for me this year has like really, really helped me have a better understanding of like my personal boundaries. Right. I'm like a people pleaser all the way. And I'm also like, you know, I have my hand in a lot of things and I like do a lot of things and like my output is like very high. So I think that people like lean on me for a lot of stuff. 
And that's kind of been my role in many areas of life from like my home life with my family. I have three younger siblings who all like look up to me and lean on me. And then even throughout my career and all my jobs, I was always like the one who was like taking on everything and like doing the most. And so I'm just like a natural in that position. But at the same time, like when you're just like always like trying to keep your head above water, like you're not really enjoying the experience ever. Yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, this year, although it's been like hard to kind of say goodbye to like that life I was leading before, like there are like a lot of positives there and just like having my personal space, not feeling like I'm being pulled in a million directions all the time. Like, um, those are all like great things that I'm going to hopefully carry forward with me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, uh, I don't want the pandemic to be around and I don't want anyone to be sick, but I do like being able to blame it on like, oh, sorry, can't go pandemic. Yeah. Gotta, uh, <laughs> yeah. gotta stay here. Yeah. When, <laughs> when normally I probably would have done that anyway. Like it was like, shit, I got invited to this thing. I don't want to go to, you know, like I gotta do it. Like you're saying I'm a people pleaser. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah. funny, like talking about Frieza, like he's really, um, he's like pretty introverted and he it's weird because he's a dj like you'd think that those two things kind of don't go together but i don't think so a lot of djs are introverted i mean i even me i'm social but i'm also like introverted like when i first had to dj in front of crowds that were staring at me like when crowds Mm -hmm. were dancing it was fine but when they'd stare at me like what are you gonna do i was like holy shit this is horrible i have to talk to them and figure out what to do and then (laughs) you know you fall into it but but yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. He's thriving this year. He's just like, oh, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to see anyone. I could just like stay in my house. This is my dream. That's um, great. And he's yeah. thriving making music, right? I mean, I've heard some of the stuff he's produced. I know he's mastering, mixing, doing all kinds of stuff. I heard mm-hmm. like some, uh, what was it, like UK uh, garage kind of stuff, or I don't know what you yeah. classify it as, but uh, something on his Instagram recently. I was like, damn, this is really dope. Yeah, he's he definitely has been... Um, killing it on the production stuff i mean he's been making music for a while but most people really know him for his like engineering and mixing mastering he has a studio that he owns and has worked with like many different artists and lots of people who are our friends too right and um he's just had way more time for that this year like it was kind of like when the pandemic first hit and he had to close his studio that was kind of scary right it took him so many years to even find that studio space. And he was just like, am I going to lose the space? I mean, similar things to what everyone was thinking. Right. But just like me, he kind of leaned into his home life and he was like, what do I never have time to do that I really want to work on? And that was his own production. Yeah. And yeah. so he's been like really killing it at that. He has like his own album coming out in a little while. Um, that's like collaborations he's done with artists. So he's produced all the songs and then has artists featured on them. And I think that's going to be like a really dope thing for him to put out there in the world because it's just going to be like, I don't know, it's just really going to show like his depth as a producer. It's so many different styles. There's like R&B songs on there and rap songs and all kinds of stuff. So I'm super nice. Is that coming? Well, so just that's a good segue into um, Bear Selection, which is your record label with him uh, that you guys both run. Um, Is that coming out on that label? Yeah, that'll be a Bear Selection release, um, which is kind of exciting because it's it'll be like his first real release on the label. Yeah. Um, I don't know when exactly that's going to come out. I'm guessing in the new year. Um, but we have a new release. I don't think we've told anyone this yet, but I can say it on here. Okay. Our next release is coming out, um, December 18th. 
So we'll have another label release out before the end of the year. Great. And um, we're really stoked about this one because it's with Flodan, who is like a pioneer in the grime scene. And he's like a very well-known grime MC. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, he has more. He came up in like jungle and drum and bass. So he has like a more like raga, like patois style. And um, yeah, I'll send you the release actually. I'll send it to you after. Yeah, you got to get it on a uh, beat source. I don't know if your guys' stuff is on there yet, but um, could Not have a yet. playlist just dedicated to your label or something. Yeah, that would be cool. It's, our stuff goes on Beatport. Um, okay, then it probably gets ingested. Well, I'm not sure actually. I I need to ask the the experts uh, <laughs> behind the screen. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but but it's dope. We're having DJs like I'm going to do a playlist that I'm going to update every week, and you could do nice. it too. It's a good way to. Yeah, yeah spread it and then people that have beat source can just boom it just shows up in their serato automatically or whatever they dj off of yeah the release is like super cool it's um it's a four song ep called guilty as charge and two of the songs are produced by frieza and two of the songs are produced by trey mission who is our friend and an artist we've worked with a lot in release music with and um the vibes are super cool it's like you know there's a couple kind of like rappy trappy uk drilly kind of songs and then um there's some that are like especially the two that trey produced his style is more like kind of like this future garage like grime kind of hybrid so yeah um, yeah we're super stoked for that release and That's the label is fun. it's like something that frieza and i started because we both kind of have these two different skill sets that are like very complementary of each other mm-hmm. um you know he's obviously really good on the like music mixing mastering like that side and he has like great relationships he's built over the years with lots of artists in the uk and then my background's obviously more in like marketing media pr brand partnership stuff events so we were kind of already doing stuff in those worlds and we're like let's just like organize it under their selection yeah that is that's dope and so what's like do you have an end goal for the record or, or I mean, for the record label, like, or what your a mission that you're trying to mm-hmm. do with it? Yeah. I mean, the mission is really just to like um, be a conduit between this, the music scenes in Toronto and in the UK and create sort of those relationships. And I think that this release is like a really good example of what that looks like. It's a British MC Flodan who is, you know, rapping over productions by two Canadian producers and it's going to come out on our label so we want to do more of that kind of stuff um you know actually like pairing up artists with producers like that kind of like a&r kind of vibe and then another thing too is just like we are starting to do more sort of like um like corporate like brand kind of opportunities like placing songs in with like brands and commercials and and stuff like that so um that's another arm of like we call it a label. It's definitely a label, but it's really like a more all-encompassing like music company. Right. Um, and then we also sort of function almost like we've done stuff in the past where we collaborated, collaborated with brands to like throw events and stuff like that. Oh, nice. So um, that's something that I obviously want to like do more of when we're allowed to do events. <laughs> right. But yeah, those are the kind of, that's the, the main mission of Bear Selection though, is to, yeah, be, to build bridges between are seen here and the one over there right do you have any tips for 
DJs or artists or people that want to get more in with brands or or doing those kind of things and they don't Mm -hmm. know where to start? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I think that, especially in Toronto anyways, we have a smaller, like, music industry and economy. So a lot of our music industry and i it's funny when people talk about the music industry in toronto i'm like it's so small the industry here is so small and it's because we just don't have a lot of people and um like less people means less spending means you know less industry so um a lot of our like creative economy here is very reliant on like brand sponsorship right like it's pretty much every like big event that you would go to or a party, there's like some kind of brand that's tied in. So I think I've been fortunate enough to build like relationships with brands that were like very organic. You know, it was like I met someone at an agency who introduced me to someone and like that kind of happened. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, like brands need people like us more than we need them, you know, like, we have like the sauce, like we know what's cool and we have the ideas. Right. So if you want to collaborate with brands, it's really just about finding one that you think has similar sort of like values to you or similar aesthetic or similar like goals. And more often than not, they're down to like take a pitch or to like entertain a phone call for an idea. You know what I mean? And um, I've done that many times in the past, mostly with like, for throwing events and stuff. Like if I wanted to, what's an example of one that we did? Okay, like a couple of years ago, we brought a DJ from the UK named Murder He Wrote to Toronto. He was already doing like a a tour in Canada. So it was like easy for him to stop over. Right. So I just like approached a beer brand and I was like, hey, we have this artist. Um, he's passing through. We want to do an event with him. We need like X amount of dollars for the artist fee and another X amount of dollars for like, marketing and ads and yeah i just told them like what events we've done in the past told them like who our target audience was and i just said like i know that you guys want to reach people like this so let's do this yeah like don't be afraid to reach out i think a lot of people are like i'm gonna just get really dope and then the brands are gonna hit me up you know but i think like you said you don't be afraid to come up with an idea and pitch it and be said no to a bunch of times in a row. Oh, yeah. That shouldn't be discouraging. You should just, that's something you could check off the list, you know, or be like, I'm going to circle back to this in a few months or something. But I have heard of so many no's, like yeah. so many no's. And it's like, you just have to like kind of keep going with it. But yeah, just, just don't be afraid to put your, put your ideas out there. And I think people talk about like manifestation a lot. That's like a buzzword. Right. And I think part of manifesting though is like literally telling people what you want. Yeah. Like you're literally putting it out there in the world by speaking it out there. And maybe if this person says no, someone is going to be eavesdropping who is like, Hey, that was interesting. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket and they're going to come, you know, knocking on your door like a month later. So, but that would have never happened if you didn't physically say what you wanted. You know, yeah, so I, I think, agree. I think putting it out in the universe, you know, can sound cliche, but it is very powerful and true. So whether you like it or not, 
put it out in the universe because you don't know what's going to happen and say it out loud and and try to manifest it. You know, I do think that's true. It can sound very hippy dippy or spiritual or whatever. And cynical people, DJs want to be like, whatever, dude, you know, but I think it's the truth. You know, you have to do that. You know, you have to have these dreams. You have to have these aspirations. You have to have goals and your sights set on things and, and, um, it will happen. You know, that the amount of DJs that I talked to even this week and even the past few months where I'm like trying to explain to them from Twitch to any type of opportunities that could still be out there right now because they feel so hopeless. I'm mm. like, you just have to believe like I understand the position you're in, you know, but you really got to like push through and try to see the light or put stuff out there because the same way you made DJing possible, you can make other things possible. And that'll be dope. What if DJing then comes back really strong in a while? You'll have that skill and those connections and you'll have the new thing now too. You know, it could be great. Yeah, it's this, it's so true. Like, it's just kind of like remaining open, you know, to the possibilities. Yeah. And I think that's been kind of like a thread throughout my whole career and something that I really just tried to like lean into extra this year. Like, what can I learn? What can I, you know, how can I add to like my knowledge without even the expectation that it was going to turn into something? It's just like, how can I just like continue to push forward with good intentions? You know what I mean? And I think something that you really lean into and do, and I didn't know you much before, so I don't know how much you were into it, but is um, activism and using your platform to speak out about things that either might make people feel uncomfortable or they might not be educated on or, you know, for everything from trans rights and non-binary and all that stuff to Black Lives Matter to other causes that I've seen you championing on your um, Instagram and mm-hmm doing festival things for and raising money and, you know, and voting. So I, you know, um, is that something you've always been passionate about? I wouldn't say always, to be honest. Like I grew up in Calgary, as we were talking about. Um, Calgary is not a very, it's very conservative. Okay. And it's not a very political place. It's like kind of just, you know, (laughs) people kind of stick themselves. They don't really ever want to like get in each other's business. Yeah. Um, it's very polite, but it is very conservative in every way you can imagine, like politically, like socially, even like economically, it's like very homogenous. There's like not that much like variation in industries there. It's like everyone works in oil and gas or they like do this. Interesting. Yeah. And the- oil is huge, right? I didn't realize that. Yeah. I went and DJed in some place, uh, Kelowna or something. Oh, it yeah. was like there. oil money. There was like a lot of like biker gang people yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I, was, I had some crazy experiences in that place. I was I like, "What is going on?" Like, that it was like five like- billion biker people everywhere, and then like the opening DJ where I was like was the most amazing human. Like, I've never seen this person before or after, but he had like a headset on with the mic mm-hmm. on it, like Bobby Brown style, and he was like talking to the crowd, saying the craziest things. That. And they're oh like, God. this is where all the oil's from and all the weed is grown in the world or something. It was like a whole crazy thing like, there. where am I? Um, <laughs> I definitely was like, where am I? But it was yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, uh, I, you know, I grew up there as very conservative. And, but when I moved to Toronto, which is a more, it's a more political place. And yes. so at first I was kind of like, like 
nervous to like get involved with those conversations. And like, honestly, sometimes I'm still nervous because I just feel like I'm not as educated or like, I don't know how to like be as eloquent as the next person. Totally. I really started realizing like when you have like a little bit of a platform Mm -hmm. or like a little bit of like the word influence is so awful, but like when you have, you know, when you're a bit of an influential voice in your community, you have a real responsibility to like use it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah. So I, I, I guess I would started getting more into like activism stuff, like being in Toronto and, and also just like being part of the music scene here. Like the best parties here are like the queer parties. Yeah. Well, the that's been a, parties. that's been forever. I think since yeah, uh, studio totally. 54 days. <laughs> exactly. And then when you start again, what we were talking about before, like looking back at history and realizing that like, so like so we owe so much to like yeah. the queer community if there's anyone kids. that's gonna dance like no one's watching and have the greatest time and say fuck you to the norms <laughs> that's who it was you know totally yeah so um that's why i try to you know speak up for that community whenever i can and then in terms of stuff like voting i was never really like super into obviously I pay attention to what's happening in like America and stuff like that. But like, I never really realized that that I myself could add to that conversation until Twitch. And I realized the bulk of my viewers on Twitch are all from the States. It's like 75% or 80%. Yeah. So I started realizing like, as we were coming up to this presidential election, I was like, I can probably use my voice towards this too. So yeah, I did a couple of like, um, a couple of sort of like stream marathons that I organized with some of my friends on Twitch. And we did like one that was like 48 hours, which was like wild. Wow. Um, yeah. Called raid the polls. And yeah, I've seen. Um, that's great. Yeah. And so it was super successful. We, we raised money for a grassroots organization called boat riders. They're all about like getting people their voter IDs and they're nonpartisan and um, learned so much about like voter suppression and like, yeah, and then even we just had one like on this past weekend. It was another raid the polls, but it was in support of like um, the Georgia runoff election that's coming up. Right. So we got a bunch of like DJs in Atlanta like on board um, to really spread that message, and again raised a bunch of money, and also did like phone banking. I was uh, like phone bank provider. That's amazing. I was, like, calling people, like asking if they had their voter ID, like, and I was kind of like, this is wild, but like. I'm down, you know? Right. right. <laughs> I'm always down for like a new experience. Always. That's good. You just have to jump in. Yeah. I mean, exactly. that's, that's the learning experience from right now, right? Just the new experiences. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, we keep coming back to Twitch because it has been the center place for DJs. I feel mm-hmm. like I need to make like a sound effect to like for a section and be like, Twitch talk. Here we go. <laughs> you know, like. Welcome to Twitch talk because like it just, you know, we're going to go into OBS and like nerdy stuff. And then, but I mean, I think that, you know, to go into some Twitch talk, um, mm-hmm. I know you've done some really cool things on there, like produce, or I don't know if you're producing it, but part of these festivals um, mm-hmm. that have been on the front page and gotten a lot of, um, a lot of uh, recognition, I guess. Um, what was that one festival called? The move. Uh, move forward. Yeah. Move forward. So- yeah. That's like an actual channel, um, okay. the whole channel. And Move Forward Music is actually a promoter in New York. Okay. And I um, 
met the founder, this guy Aldi, years ago, like when I was in New York in like 2017. I went down there to um, play Back to Life, which is like a party that used to happen at Louis and Chan. And um, big up Khalil, who like brought me down there for that. And it was like me and, I, and Stretch Armstrong was on the night. And I got to meet Stretch and he was so cool. Wow. And um, yeah, met Aldi, the, the like main promoter guy, like really briefly, like super quick in passing. Um, but I was like, this guy seems cool. And we like exchanged numbers. We didn't even really keep in touch, to be honest. Like I yeah, maybe messaged yeah. him like a couple times like after that. Right. Um, but yeah, they just launched their channel and it's really cool what they're doing. It's a huge undertaking because they're developing like basically like original shows that air like, you know, three, four times a week. And then they also do like the, the night that I've been doing with them is like on Wednesdays and it's all like about music discovery. So I'll do like an hour DJ set of all new music, like new. So you new do music. every Wednesday on there? I've been doing every Wednesday, like um, this week we're taking a break and then like there'll be it's kind of like undecided how it's going to go like in the long term. But for the launch, we've pretty much been doing like every Oh, cool. Wednesday. I didn't realize it was every week. Sorry. That's yeah. dope. And I love the new music thing because I feel like a lot of nostalgic and old music gets played on there, which is great. And everyone needs that right now. And it fills their soul. But I love that. When I did my Twitch stream, like I played a bunch of stuff. But I started out by going, I'm just in this crate of stuff I just downloaded this week. You know, I haven't even really heard it more than once. And then I ended it, too, with, like, more mellow versions of, like, this is dope. I found this on this Pollen playlist on Spotify or whatever, you know, like, and I'm like, are people just going to log off? But instead, they're writing in, like, what is this? This is dope. I love this, you know. Um, yeah. I love, I've always loved to play new music, um, you know, even in, like, a lot of my DJ residencies I had pre-pandemic I was always trying to like push new music so yeah same um, yeah so I I try to do that on Twitch as well and I think that's why Al had hit me up because he's like yeah. I have this idea for this like weekly thing I'm going to do it's all about new music so I do the set of new music and then there's always two performances of like by like dope up-and-coming artists and then um, they also have like a music video segment that they do after the performances where it's like music videos Oh, but they're cool. doing that's some cool. other dope shit on there too. Like they do these deep dive, like the the Scratch Bastard Outcast set was on their channel. Oh, that was so and, cool. Uh, the best. So fucking cool. <laughs> so fucking cool. I was like, this is like literally the perfect guy for this. Like I know. He, <laughs> and I think he even said on the pod with you, he's like, oh, I've been like planning this in my head for like years. For like 22 years. <laughs> I know even someone was like, man, how long did that take? It would have taken me months to prepare. He's like, uh, just kind of pulled the records together and then that was yeah. it. I'm like, what? That's why you're yeah. scratch bastard. I was watching him last night. It was five in the morning, your time. It was like two in the morning, my time. He's Thanks. killing it. And he has us on his Twitch recording a mix. I'm like, I would not be able to record a mix live with everyone watching me. He's doing wow. the most perfect things. I'm like, I don't know what this is for. But he, and he's talking to the chat and he's using the S11 mixer, which uh, shout to the S11 mixer because I guess you can mute the mic on the record it's kind of nice so he could talk to the chat and then still record the mix and it will only record the mix oh wow i love that i know i'm like i need to get one of those things pioneer where are you at hit me up <laughs> yeah um <laughs> though is just like honestly for, uh, he his mind is amazing i like, know 
I it's love just, him. I said he could be like the president of all DJs. Like he's happy. He does it for the right reasons. You know, yeah. just, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's inspiring in every way. And he's able to be real. That was the cool thing having him on here. He said so many real things. Everyone expects him just to be like, everything's great. You know, yeah. but he, he says real stuff too and, and has a family. And, you know, you got to. Yeah, I loved your combo. Sides. And I think. I think I said this to you. I loved it because you guys talked about a lot of like non-DJ stuff and just on some life stuff. And he's like, I consider Scratch Bassett to be like one of my truly like really best friends in this industry. And like a hundred percent, he is like as great of a person as he is a DJ. Yeah, and I agree. I love, you know, I just love his attitude and his outlook and on everything. Yeah. So. No, I felt like I was at Toronto Film Festival, um, September last year, not this year. So uh, that was sad. But uh, last year, and I and I got to hang with him a few times, and it was just the best. I felt like I was part of his family. He's like, come over, yeah. and then I'm like with his wife and kid, and they take me to their local shop that they love to eat pasta, at, and we're all sharing each other's pasta. And then I'm back in his house, and the, you know, we're hanging on the patio, and we're going through records, and I'm like, this is just the best. Like, you yeah. know, you know what's dope though, like we have that among our community here in Toronto with all the DJs. Yeah. You know, like scratch bastard headspin, grand theft, the guys from thugly. Like we are all legit like friends that hang out. Yeah. And, no, everybody's uh, cool. And shout to even um, DJ crunch. Uh, yes. He's oh the gosh. homie. Like every time I go there, he's like, Oh, can I help you get a gig? Oh, can I do like, I'm like, you don't even have to be this nice. He's telling me like, you got to eat here. You got to eat here. You love jerk chicken. Okay. I'm gonna send you over here. You like this? Like I go to his house. Like people are like overly nice to the, but not saying don't be that way. Like, but to the point where I'm like, this is amazing. I like feel like I've known these people forever and I, I can't say how much I appreciate the like, uh, you know, yeah. Hospitality and genuine friendship being put out there. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, we have like the best crew here in Toronto. Like, I just I'm so thankful for everyone you just named and like all all the people that I know in music and in DJing. Like, it's a good place to be. It's like you know a lot of inspiration and support all around. Yeah, so. even in the industry, like Abby, the guy that you know man manages uh, keys and crates, and I mean, like just great great people, you know, totally. up there that I've met, and they're still cool to this day. You know, it's not like they're like, oh, that guy turned into a weirdo. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> they're even cooler now. Exactly, um, yeah. I know. Well, about the Twitch stuff, um, mm -hmm. I was thinking um, we we need to make like a Twitch theme song. Like we can remix like Drake started from the bottom, but make it about Twitch. Like started from the <laughs> webcam. Now we hear, yeah. you know, started with a yeah. blank wall. Now I got a green screen. Like, <laughs> yeah. started like the jankiest setup ever. Like, right. Because I, I remember seeing you in the beginning and you were just like, you had a wall in front of you and you were like to the side or something and you're yeah. like, hey, what up? And I didn't really know who you were. And then yeah. I remember like I saw you again a few weeks later and like you were like the camera was in front of you and you're like, I have a wall behind me. And then like over time, now you like have like a disco, <laughs> like green screen, you know, and I'm like, okay, you, I love to see everyone level up, you know, so. And I think, I think <laughs> that, you know, at the beginning, like, fuck, we were just, everyone was just like using whatever they had. Yeah, totally. And, and I was like even a bit had a little bit of an advantage because like we were doing the radio stuff. So I right. even had a couple things that some other people might not have. Like I had an interface and like um, I didn't have a webcam yet. I was just like using a MacBook to stream from, but I had an interface, I had like a couple extra mics. Like some people wouldn't even have that, you know? Right. So um, yeah, it definitely like leveled up and 
I'm someone who I love gear for one. Yeah. Little gear nerd head. And <laughs> yes. um, I, I've always been someone who like, I never wanted to be limited by like gear. Like I just never wanted that to be a barrier to, yeah. to play, you know, like I've seen DJs who are just strictly turntable dudes or gals or whatever. And they like, even Pat from Fugly has still to this day, like never played on CDJs. Never. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's just his thing. And he's like done well for himself. But like someone yeah, like course. me, you know, when I was, when I moved to Toronto, especially like I was like, I had a set of turntables at home, but there was like lots of gigs where like there was no gear at that spot. And I was like, I'm not going to bring my turntables. Like I'm going to buy a controller and like learn that. And then, um, you know, it evolved to learning, like even just playing on CDJs, just with like a flash drive. Like right, I've right. done that a bunch of times too, at spots where I didn't feel comfortable bringing my computer. If there was like no separation between you and the crowd, I would just do the CDJ <laughs> yeah. thing. Right. So right. I've always wanted to learn lots of different gear and like, and not be limited by the gear I didn't have. So that's why my stream just like progressed crazy and crazier. Like I was just like, I need to get this. I need to get that until I could finally like have it the way I wanted it. And for the first like few months on Twitch, I basically just put all the money that I had made through Twitch, like back into really like my setup. Yeah. I and think that's a good approach to it. Yeah. It kind of was just like paying, paying for itself for a bit, but now it's like, it's a pretty good place now. Like, um, you know, I have a PC that I stream from. I didn't go like full tilt with the PC even because I was just like, I was still trying to be like economical, but I got it built by like a friend who basically just kind of built it. He was like, this will do what you like need it to do. And yeah, like, you're, if you're not more. gaming, it doesn't have to yeah. be so crazy. Totally. And the good thing about PCs too is like you can upgrade them in the future. Like right. it's, it, you can do that. So, um, so yeah, I have that. I got like a webcam. I got a green screen. I got so. it. But it's like That's sometimes I don't want to use the green screen. Oh, my God. The green screen is the ultimate battle. Like I mm -hmm. have this conversation with ev almost everyone I know that does the green screen has t stopped. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy it, but it, it's like it's already so much work totally. making the schedule, getting the music together, doing the promotion, doing all that. And then you have to figure out the visuals and then also make sure the lighting and all the things. Oh, um, yeah. So I know, but I'm still in the green screen mode. I'm like, I went through all this to get here. I'm going to at least use it for the first few streams and then maybe yeah. I'll switch it. But it's also the vibe. This too. I almost put it up for our call. I was like, no. <laughs> no, not worth it. I know. Uh, mine's over here. I'm like, I tilt it away. Like, okay, you won't see the green, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it's it's hard it adds on a lot of extra pressure and things and and also it changes the vibe like you could dj in a room with a little pink light which everyone seems to like for twitch i don't know why the pinkish purplish light is the light of twitch yeah. um but uh with the green screen you got big lights like you're in a tv studio so when you turn it off you're like oh god it's like a relief you know so it's not like when you're in a club and you can be vibing out yeah, I think that's the thing with the green screen that really no turns vibe. me off. It's like the light, the, yeah. th the fact that you need to have this bright ass light like pointing on you. I'm like, sometimes I just don't feel like that. Like I just want to like DJ in like a dim room. And I also think I that know. there's like still something like endearing about seeing people DJ in their house, you know, like right. that I kind of like, like feels more like cute and intimate. I know. I agree. I've been bad. Like I went through so much trouble to set it up and then went. I don't even want this thing, <laughs> but 
whatever. My goal is to set up my garage where I can have a green screen section and then a non. So I could be like, what mood am I in? Oh, I'm about to do my crazy production with weird things. Okay, now I'm going to do just DJing for no reason. Idea, And you need your setup on like a thing that rolls. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I can just have it. (laughs) That's true. Um, Well, um, there's some other things I wanted to ask you about Twitch, but you got so many questions from the internet that some people asked them and I'm going to wait till we get to that. So there's one more thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the internet questions and anything else you want to talk about um, is that, um, and it's similar to what we talked about earlier, is the transitioning or being open to new things that you um, did Twitch and were live streaming and kind of came out of your comfort zone and learning new stuff which then led to you um, producing the live streams for a film festival, right? Yeah. So what was that like? How did that come about? Or what can you tell us? What have you learned from that whole thing? Because I know it just finished a few days ago. I was watching your stories about it. Yeah. Yeah. It just finished a few days ago. It's called the Real Asian Film Festival. So it's all like Asian filmmakers. Okay. So that's someone asked, when did you get into doing real Asian stuff? And I was like, what is he talking about? But I didn't, I I knew you did it and I never saw the name of the festival. So I was like, is he making a joke? I don't understand. (laughs) I'm like, am I going to like get killed for asking this question? Like what's happening here? You're like, is this some OnlyFans like stuff? Anyway. (laughs) So uh, no, it's real Asian. So R E E L like film real Asian. Okay. Filmmakers. Um, the festival has been around for like 24 years and, um, it's yeah so i just finished that production job for them the contract was like two months long but the actual festival itself was like only 10 days okay um so i've done like kind of like some production work in the past like you know producing content and stuff like that but this was definitely the first time i've ever taken on a project like this that was strictly producing live streams for someone right and um it's totally like it was such a crazy experience it was such a dope experience and i learned so much um it was me and my friend mimi who took that on together she's like someone who's helped me a lot with my twitch channel she's done like a lot of my graphics she's made all my emotes and she's just been like a super supporter of me on twitch from day one yeah great and um yeah we got that opportunity like mimi actually got uh someone hit her up about it because mimi has a um, kind of like creative collective called Hot Pot. Okay. And okay. in the summertime, they had hosted a short film screening on their Twitch that was followed by a Q&A with the director. It was super dope. Like this, this short film was like just like five minutes long. And then they did this awesome Q&A that they did over Zoom. And um, it was just a passion project that she just wanted to do. Again, this right. is like really... Um, this is like totally one of those times where she did something just for like fun and it, it turned out really good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, someone had hit her up. This girl, Christine, who works for Real Asian, she's like their marketing coordinator. And mm-hmm. she was like, or marketing manager. And she was like, yeah, we're going to be doing like a bunch of digital stuff with our festival this year. Do you think you could come on and like help us execute it? And right. Mimi was like, you know, Jam knows way more about this. Oh my God, my cat is here to say hi. Oh, yes. What's up? I can go get my dog. <laughs> he'll be like what is that (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah long that's that's kind of how it happened like we just kind of got hit up um by someone who had seen what we were doing on on twitch and saying we need help with this stuff so mimi was like 
Mimi comes from more of like a video production background. And then I'm obviously like very versed in like streaming and like gear and like audio setup and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. we took that on together and um, it was crazy. Like the first month was really just like we came in and was like we were meeting with all the festival folks, hearing about what they've been up to and like really trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to translate this into like an online environment and then figuring out what tools you need to use. Like, are we going to use Zoom? Are we going to use OBS? Are we going to use something else? Right. And sort of making that plan and putting that all together. And then the part that really becomes like nuts is when you actually have to like plan everything and like get everyone on board. Like we did like almost 30, I think it was like 36. We produced 36 streams in like seven days. Wow. And each one of those is like, a Q&A or panel that has like four or five participants. So you need to like make sure all those people are onboarded and you've like done a tech check with all of them to make sure their sound and video is good. And like, so it was like a lot of work. I think that, I think that some people probably like underestimate like what actually goes into making something like that happen, but it was a ton of work, but it was super dope. I had a lot of fun and it was a hundred percent something that would not have happened had I not been streaming all year. Right. Oh. Which is just like we in the beginning of this episode, we talked about having the puzzle pieces and yes. trying to fit them together. And you were holding on to that piece or you were even just building that part of the puzzle that you didn't know what it was going to fit to. And then look what came along. So yeah, I think that's and I cool it. and inspirational. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And like, I want to do more of that kind of stuff because. Yeah. Again, it's just another way that's kind of helped me stay connected to like my passion, which is like people and creating experiences you know that's like what i would do at all my parties and um yeah I'm, I'm hoping that her and i can get more like work in a similar field whether it's like with more film fests because i feel like that would probably be like a good place to start in terms of like finding clients because we've already yeah. done a film fest. totally or it could be anything really like any cultural entity that's looking at doing some kind of like programming you know we can now do that for them so right yeah that's great well see so you just yeah. put it out in the universe Totally. <laughs> it's coming to you now. Um, dope. Well, um, I think we should get into some of the internet questions because you got a lot of them. I usually take some time to go through uh, and pick through, but I didn't have time to do that. So I'm going to try to do it real time. If uh, there's some stupid ones or something, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> let's start at the bottom. I feel like that's, I can't tell if those are the people that did it first or not, but mm -hmm. um, all right, let's see. So um non who friends i don't mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm saying that right um no, no new friends okay no Actually, new friends you're friends. totally right no nhu friends so no new friends okay um she says uh what has jmkm discovered about the dj community through this pandemic hmm i have discovered it's a lot smaller than i thought i mean not necessarily than I thought, but like pretty much every DJ in North America is like within two degrees of separation from each yes, other. Yes, that's true. That was actually like kind of surprising to me in a way. In Canada, we're a very close-knit community, but it always felt like in the US was like a little bit more sort of like siloed. Like I was like, there's the Vegas people and then there's like the LA people and there's like the Bay people, but like they're all kind of like mixed in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty small community. And I think like even on Twitch, like, you know, 
the the number of people viewing DJ sets on Twitch is also like very small compared to the like total people on Twitch. Oh, it's crazy. With the gaming or even the IRL streaming is huge. People just riding a bike around Tokyo and has thousands of people watching them, you know. Yeah, like I you can go and view the different categories, right? In the explore page. Yeah. And like sometimes I'll go on there and just just like check it out just for fun. And it'll be like 40,000 people watching music. And then it'll be like 180,000 people watching Among Us. And that's yeah. just one yeah. game. Right. Or just so, chatting. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, like, or chatting. just some people watch YouTube videos together and they'll have yeah. 28,000 people watching and have like 60,000 subscribers. And I'm like, holy shit, what is going oh, on around here? So, yeah, yeah. It's a, I think that's one thing I've learned. It's a small, because the DJ community is small. Yeah. And, um, um, I think that. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's amazing. That's like the uh, viral video, the cat doing bobbing its head to the beat. <laughs> Everyone go on YouTube at whatever time in the interview this is, an hour and a half in. <laughs> yes. The cat was like, hey, I'm all yeah. of it. That was like perfect. Super- oh my God. Okay. That's um, what we can use for the thumbnail of the YouTube. Yeah. Just- <laughs> the cat's eyeball was on <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the cat's yeah. name his name's aki um yeah he's like super well known on my twitch like he's got right. his own I've seen him. and like, i thought yeah, he was he's... fake uh, at first because it looked fake when he would be yeah. slinking across the front i'm like oh man she has yeah. one of those like transparent gifts and it's like a cat and i'm like oh no yeah. that's a real cat <laughs> real cat and because you're like he's like... coming in the scene i thought you were like acting like here he <laughs> comes i'm like oh that's pretty good he, he loves to sit on the CDJs, like because they're really they're warm. warm. Yeah, yeah. So he's always like coming in the stream and just like sitting on them. I'm like, all right, that's too you're funny. Part of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're in. I know my son just got a hamster, and I Ew. did not. I did not want to get a hamster. I mean, the hamster mixed with the cat probably not a good combo. But yeah. <laughs> but he got a hamster, and um, I'm like, I need to do the ham cam and just have a webcam just in there. Be like, are you guys ready for the ham? Cam? That'll be my channel. Uh, like you can redeem channel points, like 1000 ham cam. And he's in there like, what up? <laughs> good idea. Um, all right. Aggie Panda wants to know what is your favorite sneaker silhouette and why? Mm. Right on the spot there with that. Yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> I know. I think I have to go with like the Jordan one. Okay. Good I'm looking choice. at my sneaker like shelf right now. <laughs> yeah. Jordan one's classic. Uh, looks great with everything. It looks even better when they're worn in. Um, I think I just, I also love the story of the Jordan one, like how, when Michael Jordan started wearing them, he wasn't actually allowed to wear them so and then good. find them and Nike would pay the fine. Cause it kind of just like added to the whole mythology. Amazing. As, Did like, you a, watch uh, unbanned the, documentary no oh you gotta watch it's on hulu um actually this uh woman steph uh that i know produced it and she's absolutely amazing and she's in the music world and she's i mean she does everything she's a boss i I love her but she uh did a movie called unbanned it's that story it's a documentary and it is so good i got the dj the um premiere for it or something uh and it was like i was like oh what do i do i put together a whole set you know trying to capture that all that time period um but yeah so good it tells that exact story because i i didn't know that story exact all the details i mean it's pretty nuts 
It's nuts. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, and just as someone who loves like marketing and like branding and I kind of come from that world, I find that that story and Michael Jordan is, is so fascinating and it's a great yeah. shoe. Yeah. It looks awesome. And okay. many amazing colors. Good job. Good answer. Um, okay. <laughs> Miss Amy Nicole uh, asks, who are the women that inspire you? Mm. Wow. There's seriously so many like, okay. I have to f- call out two women in Calgary specifically, um, Lotus Queen and DJ Reese okay. were the first kind of two like women that I saw who were like killing it DJing. Lotus Queen in the drum and bass world. And she's been around for like ever. Yeah. She had a radio show. She's super cool. And then DJ Reese actually um, was from Edmonton, which is like a city that's like three hours north of Calgary. But she lived in Calgary for a long time. But she came up in like the DMC world, which, as you know, and many people know, was like pretty much a dude fest. Yeah. Hardcore (laughs) dude fest. Yeah, so when I first met Reese, this is like I met her long after she had, you know, been in DMCs, but I was just like and she like did pretty well too. She came in like third or something or second. Wow. And um I just was always like really impressed by that because I'm like, man, in the fucking nineties, like pulling up as like a woman to do like the DMCs must have been like hella intimidating. Yes. And um She's kind of like reserved and like a bit more quiet too. So I'm just like, damn, I, I don't know how that must have felt for you. But she could kill it. And like she had like a residency at like this cool spot in Calgary for like a long time. And yeah, just always had like those two great role models for me. Seeing That's women great. who like, yeah, killing it. And like, you know, not having to like do any, like I said, gimmicky or like tokenism kind of stuff or like, you know. DJing in their bras like if that's what you want to do that's super cool (laughs) but (laughs) yeah yeah that was just like cool for me to have those two and then I mean there's so many women that that crush it like I feel like the women on Twitch are really killing it right now but even prior to that like a lot of my favorite DJs are women Um, I followed like Annie Mac for years I always like thought she was super dope for her like you know um, the way that she like platforms artists and like yeah champions new artists and new music um she's super fire and then my friend tiffany calver i want to shout her out because i've known her for like years like her and i met when we were both like working for hypebeast like as writers and we it's kind of funny because we sort of like got into djing around the same time and we're like kind of doing similar things and now she's just like skyrocketed with what she's done yeah i I know who she is yeah yeah so that's super dope and like in Toronto, like the the coolest parties and shit are all like thrown by women. Lissa Monet is another DJ from Toronto who I absolutely adore. She's been at it for a very long time as well and has been like a pioneer in, in the scene here. Um, she's started many of her own like successful parties, but also she started a um, booking agency for DJs strictly for women, oh, booking cool. DJs at like corporate events and stuff like that called Lux Life Sound. Um, so she's amazing, man. There's so many. That's a great list. I mean, yeah, I want to, but I think that's great. I want to give shine to, to women, you know, on here because it does become a very dude fest and I think people are Mm. used to that. So that's great. Just those names alone. I mean, if people look those up and, um, get educated about it, I think they can go down a rabbit hole more, but that's so cool. 
Um, all right, let's see what else. Uh, DJ Crunch asked like 45 questions, so I'm just going to pick a couple. But <laughs> he's, I'm like, yo, you're really showing up a lot on here. I'll get to his in a sec. Let's see. Um, another Twitch family DJ, uh, Ninth Sage. Um, he's from the Bay Area, right? I think. He is. So he's from Texas. Oh, why did I think Bay Area? I didn't know him before twitch but i see him everywhere and follow him very tied into like the bay area yeah i don't know why i thought because he's yeah always talking to those people well he says what's one thing about music and djing that really fuels your soul Mm. (laughs) that's a good one i mean for me it like always goes back to the people you know yeah the the like the shared experience that you can have with someone or multiple people yeah through or over music to me is like it's literally magic totally yeah, yeah. that's a good and just like you know i feel like there's songs and i'm sure you have this experience too and many people out there where like you hear the song and for like that split second it literally you feel like you're transported back into a moment yeah. Music is like a time stamp, you know, like yeah. it yeah. will stick in your, ma- it, it, it time stamps all your memories. Like, Oh, remember this time and those songs were there and this party. And it's just a yeah. way to like set these bookmarks in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always something that in terms of what like fuels me when it comes to that, it's just like thinking that I could maybe create those memories for someone else. That has always been a super yeah. like cool idea and just like driving force for me yeah you don't realize how important that is as a dj sometimes you know you take for granted like oh i'm just doing my gig i'm going home to go to sleep Mm. you know but you are creating a moment that probably people won't forget and you are stamping that moment with those songs and that time period and and something that they'll remember forever good or bad totally that is like super cool yeah like to be part of someone's favorite night ever they had out or like even, you know, like I have so many memories of like being out with like my friends when we we're like 18, like, and now it's like, I'm, I'm literally never going to have that experience again with those people because they all have like kids. We're all like living all over the world. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that we have that is like super dope. You could probably tell that I'm like a really sentimental person, just like the way <laughs> that I like talk about things and like how I want to archive. Like, I'm just like, you know, I love that idea. Right. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I mean, I think that can lead to hanging on to things too much but i mean because i I do the same thing i'm like i need to have everything you know i'm the hoarder but yeah that's the way it goes we're digital (laughs) hoarders um (laughs) what um all right bono's djing wants to know Mm -hmm. what does jmkm stand for yes we want to know the full government (laughs) oh wow okay so um jmkm are my initials okay and my name is josephine maykay Mock is my like maiden name. Okay. And then I got married to someone whose last name is Cruz. And I'm not married to that person anymore. Oh, okay. But I still use the name Cruz because um like all of my work and stuff is in that name. Right. So I kind of use that name like more for professional reasons yeah. than anything else. But yeah, JMKM is Josephine May K Mock is my full government. Okay. There you go, Bo. Now you know, Bo knows DJing and now he knows your name. Yeah, and like, honestly, the only reason it's my my DJ name is because that it was just like a social media alias for a long time. Right. And then when I started DJing, people would just kind of like use that because 
it was what was on my Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's, I- that's, that's a good answer. I didn't know that. Um, all right. And then let's see. Kazi. Oh, Kazem Kutiyui. I can't say your name. Sorry. Is that, yeah. what is it? You know who that is? Yeah, I know who that is. He's like one of like the homies in Toronto. Okay. He's like Wait, not- I killed his name. How do you say it? Kazim Kutei. Okay. Kazim Kutei. There you go, buddy. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He wants to know, he's curious to know what advice that you have for DJs that are looking to pivot into streaming. Hmm. Gotta love the word pivot. Pivot is a top word. I put on Twitter, I said, what words are you sick of? I'll start. And then I put like pivot, like all the words that I'm like, stop saying it. You know, like I got so many good answers. It was unbelievable. It's like... Please stop. But I get it. What else are you going to do? But pivot I mean, is definitely a 2020 very, word. Um, it's a descriptive word, you know? It's, yes. Yeah. It's basketball. Pivoting. You're pivoting. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what are, what's my advice for people who want to pivot? Well, for one, I think that um, pivot into streaming was the question. Yeah, pivot right? into streaming okay. is very specific, I think. Yeah, because so- I think a lot of DJs are struggling with that. I was texting with people last night and i'm like get on twitch and he's like i'm on i'm like no you're watching people like you should dj <laughs> he's like, yeah. i don't know how to do it it's too much work what's a bit i'm like yo right. come on like you yeah. learned djing you could learn this totally the, i mean the first advice piece of advice i would have is like don't give up and don't be discouraged by the sort of barrier there is to entry when it comes to this stuff because i think that that can be overwhelming for a lot of people yeah. So don't give up. You don't have to go full tilt like from the jump with a streaming PC and all this stuff. Like if you literally have your phone and an iRig or a roll and go or something like that that's pretty affordable to start out with, you can start with that and just try it. Um so yeah, don't get discouraged about that. Also like there's literally like no fucking rhyme or reason to this. Like just because you see Jam Cam doing one thing and DJ Spider doing another thing, it doesn't mean you have to do those things. Actually, yeah. you shouldn't try to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You should just yeah. literally do whatever feels natural to you because I cannot do what Scratch Bastard does. I can't do what Four Colors Act does. Right. I can't do what Night Sage does. But yeah. that's, that's okay. That's like the beauty of this, you know? Totally. And then um, also the third big one would be like, don't like the thing about streaming too, is it's going to take a little while before you start to sort of like see it working. Yeah. Unless you're like fucking scratch bastard. Who's got like 20 years of DJing and like a very sizable fan base or someone like yourself. Like it's, it's going to take a little while for people to sort of like know what you're doing and know where you're up to and support you. And you just have to keep at it. And like being consistent is another huge one. Like make a schedule and stick to it. And this is a, it's, I think that this is an underrated, like hard thing about streaming is that you really have to like self-motivate to do it. Yes. That's been hard for me. So hard. So so hard. Like when you're tired from your day or you just like, fuck, I don't feel like it right now. Yeah. And also being like, uh, there are like 20 people going to be watching and then I'll be like exhausted. But like, I really just made this my streaming schedule and treated it like it was a gig. Like I'd be like, I have to get home to stream, you know? Right. Like, yeah. so yeah, you just got to like commit. Yeah. Those would be like the big ones. That's, big, that's big huge. Ones. I think that's good. And hopefully that inspires some people to get into it. And don't, and I feel like it's this thing of like, it's cool to not know what Twitch is about or not know what a hype train does. Like 
Yes, of course it's confusing, but you can learn pretty damn easy. Just watch a YouTube video and you'll know. Cause you're like, I don't know what Discord is. I'm like, you should trust me. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you'll wish awesome. you did, but you know, like once it's popular. So just yeah, learn about the stuff. It's fun. Learn about it. And it's also important to like be a fan and like check out what other people are doing, but not, not to like do exactly what they're doing, but just to learn the culture, you yeah. know? And don't get and discouraged by it. Like you said, you know, do your thing and then be yourself and that will oh, lead to that's it. That's a big one. Um, all right. DJ Crunch has so many, but he said wildest. Well, his Instagram name is Pastor. I love DJ Crunch. He's yeah, he's the best. Yeah. Uh, he said uh, this. I think this is a good one from him because it applies very much uh, to him as well. Um, wildest request during one of your sets at EFS. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I had some crazy nights there. I feel like I introduced DJ Crooked and Scratch Bastard at EFS one night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crooked's There's... like, who is this guy? I'm like, he's the best. You don't understand. <laughs> and then fast forward to he's on their road podcast and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So for anybody listening who doesn't know what EFS is, it's basically like a, a really well-known like bottle service spot in Toronto. Crunch used to be the resident DJ there. And I was playing there. Crunch brought me in there, actually. He's the one who helped me get that gig. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, and I was playing there like, you know, once a month or something on okay. Wednesdays or Thursdays. It's the night that I would do. Um, wildest request at EFS. <laughs> hmm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I never really got anything like completely left from left field there, right. to be honest. Like, you it's know, hard to I get to the booth there. So you exactly. have to, be, you have to fight through a lot to make that request. Yeah, but I definitely would always have people requesting like dance hall and Afrobeats, which I love, but is like not played <laughs> there. Right. Like, they just want like fun. future exactly. and Drake. Want, like, yeah, exactly. Future and Drake. Um, but yeah, that's probably the, I mean, that's not very wild, but people would always request that. And I was like, I can't play that, dude. No. Right. All right. Well, something <laughs> that goes paired with that is... Um, Who's this? I'm trying to read all the names on the fly. Sorry, but oh, who is AC? Mm -hmm. um, what's the craziest DJ night you've ever had? The craziest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> craziest DJ night I've ever had. That's I mean, probably hard. playing Asia, to be honest. Like in Asia? Played, yeah. Probably like the night I played in Shanghai. Um, I played at a club called Liberon there. And it's like super cool. It's like founded by these like French dudes, like who are like in the Ed Banger kind of like world. And um, yeah, they have one in uh, Paris too. Right. Yeah. So you're familiar. Have you been to the one like in Paris? In Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get to go. I've never been to Shanghai, but I know they had them around. They had it in Tokyo too, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 So I played there. Um, super cool. Like hard to get in. But yeah. All, yeah, you could exactly. play every kind of music and the crowds into it. Totally. I mean, I was like going to China when I did in 20, I think it was 2017. Um, I, I was traveling alone. I was like, it was really one of the first times I felt like completely out of it in terms of like culture and like <laughs> right. language barrier is like so, I don't know, in my head, I was like, people are going to be able to speak English in Shanghai. It's like so like international. Right. landed like literally could not uh, communicate oh with anyone God. yeah same and when i was in china like luckily we had people just helping me and my guide you know and i was like i can't talk to anyone i don't know if you understand what's happening 
Yeah. I mean, at least in Hong Kong, like, cause my, my family is like Cantonese. So like in Hong Kong, I can kind of like fumble through a little bit of like Cantonese with people, but yeah. like I don't yeah. speak Mandarin, none of them speak English. So already it was a crazy experience. Cause I was just like, wow, I'm really here on the other side of the world, like by myself and I'm going to go like DJ at this club. So that was crazy. <laughs> but the actual that club itself was like super sick, like super dope looking inside. As soon as I pulled up, they like introduced me to this like security like guy and they're like this is your guy for the night i was like whoa i got a bodyguard <laughs> like this is awesome and so he was like that was literally his job was just to like be with me all night like escort me to the bathroom like everything and then uh i had heard that like the clubs in china were like pretty actually like open in terms of what you could play and stuff so i was like i kind of like played everything i went like all over the map i played like every kind of style of music you can think of yeah and yeah. it was like a crazy party like super lit really fun and that was super memorable for me like that's one i always like kind of go back to that's dope yeah um oh man i don't know how many we should do i mean there's a lot some of them we already got into like uh Cezanne was saying advice for djs looking to build brand partnerships i think mm. we sort of rewind if you if you want to hear that you can go back uh yeah. and biggest uh, non-musical influences. I mean, if, if you want to get into that, I mean, this person was saying biggest non-musical influences or who inspired you to DJ. I think we, we got into that kind of, um, let's see any other good ones that could help people out. Um, the, um, Sean BLR, uh, what's the, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your younger DJ self um, what you know now. Oh, given what you know now. Wow. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. I feel like I would have started earlier if I knew what I knew now. Yeah. I think that I started later, like in the game and it's weird. Like, I think that the fact that I had like a partner at the time who was a DJ and it was really like, that was their thing. Definitely kind of held me back a bit I don't I didn't know it at the time but I think I just I didn't allow myself to entertain the idea because I was just like no that's their thing you know yeah um so I would have started earlier for sure and I think just would have been a bit more like bold earlier on about that thing we were talking about like voicing what you want yeah and yeah. sometimes in this world like I'm definitely someone who likes to like who you know i'm like oh yeah if i work hard good things will happen like i've always felt that way which i do believe that is true but i also think that like there's a huge advantage to the people who work hard and then also really put themselves out there yeah totally and so yeah i would say that that's kind of like true for many creative industries though yeah and it's not about like getting up there with your fucking megaphone and like screaming at the top of the mountain about yourself all the time either i think that's what kind of turned me off of that idea i was like mm -hmm. I don't want to be that guy who's always like, look at all this cool stuff I'm doing. Right. But right. I think that once you kind of get out of your head and it's just like, no, you're not like, you're not doing that. It's just literally sharing what you're passionate about with people in right, a more right. like pronounced way. That's how we have to look at it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And probably people aren't thinking about you or judging you as much as you think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to keep putting it out there. And the right people, the people that are, weirded out by it or annoyed by it have their own issues or that the people that like it will be attracted to it and be part of it yeah i think like 
there's always that fear of like putting yourself out there like oh what are people gonna think but yes I do also think that nowadays and especially during this pandemic this is like the time to try stuff right like everyone's just trying stuff you know and I it's not like I've ever I've literally never seen someone doing something or trying something and thought oh wow that person's lame I'm just like oh wow they're they're like trying a thing you know like yes maybe it'll stick and maybe it won't and that's totally okay yeah so totally yeah um, all right, let's do two more. Um, DJ White Gold. I know there's actually a lot. I mean, they're really good. I feel like we we went into some of these, so I'm trying to skip over those while I'm reading and talking to you at the same time. It's like Twitch. Mm-hmm. I'm doing 10 things at once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, um, DJ White Gold, what skills outside of technical DJing abilities and musicality do you have that help you as a DJ? Hmm. I mean... It's crazy because when I look at my like actual professional career, so many of those skills and things I've done help me now. Yeah. Like, so taking it way back when I was like 18, I used to work at an engineering company as a receptionist. And then that really helped me with my like communication skills, like talking to people and like not being nervous around people. Um, And then I started doing like one of my jobs in that role was like doing people's expense reports, <laughs> like executives expense reports, Yeah, which has helped me so much. Like, you know, I learned Excel and figured out like how a way to like put all their expenses into spreadsheets to track them. And now I literally do that for myself, not only for my business, but for my label, um, for my nonprofit, which is my radio station. I'm still using all of those skills. Right. So that's right. been super helpful. And then um, I, of course, like went through when I was in university, that's how I got into like the world of marketing. And that has been like so, so freaking helpful. Like, and I've done like a lot of different roles kind of like in marketing. I've done like digital, like advertising, like running ads on like Facebook. And I was like really learning all of that when it was first becoming a thing when Facebook was first monetizing. And um, I've done like PR which has been really helpful. Um, So yeah, I would say that like marketing is probably for me the like next most important thing as a DJ in this day and age, like knowing how to like market yourself. Yeah, I think that's so important. And a lot of DJs don't want to do it. And, you know, they just avoid it because it doesn't give them a good feeling or it's not what they've been focusing on. But whether you like it or not... Uh, there's elements of marketing and networking and having to be able to talk to people and having to know the business side of things that uh, will be useful if you want to make this your job, unless you just want to have it as a hobby and DJ for fun, then that's fine. But totally. I think, yeah, that, that's so interesting. Even the receptionist stuff or the <laughs> expense reports, it's, it's so true. You never know what things are going to help you later in life so you can sort of like be like this sucks but like you don't know you could be use it you're going to use it for something later probably it was another puzzle piece i was just thinking for years for decades for a decade yeah so um yeah i think the financials is like one thing that is really not talked about a lot in like our world that is super important like this kind of goes back to like you know what's your like biggest pieces of advice for like aspiring DJs or creatives of any kind is like make sure you get your like business right right like know when you have to like 
charge sales tax or like what like you know how are you going to pay your taxes are you going to save money throughout the year to pay it like all those little things like and and I was lucky that I knew those from like early um mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't and then it comes back to like really fucking kick them in the ass so it's so true there yeah. I mean DJs need like classes for that you know like once you've mastered that djing part you got to take this business part because you're gonna struggle i mean same i've had to learn on the fly and you know you don't you don't realize and even when oh you're getting paid this much for a gig like you're gonna pay like half that back you know so yeah get a good tax accountant yeah that's that's really good that's mine your mom Tom. Oh, <laughs> I was like, your mom, that's the best. That's the most helpful thing ever. Shout out to Tom. A lot of tax guys are named Tom. That's very, uh, yeah. I don't know he's why. Totally, he's totally <laughs> like exactly what you would expect from like the tax guy too. Yeah. I, I used it. to have a tax guy named Tom and he was totally what you'd expect. And if you called him when taxes were uh, due, he was the most stressed out human on earth. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't ask me a question. I'm like, okay, Tom, I'm sorry. It's going to be okay, dude. I'll send you uh, like a cinnamon bun or something. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think, uh, oh, let's go back to DJ Crunch because this is an easy one or maybe easy, but I think this could be useful to everyone. Um, how do you keep your sneakers fresh? <laughs> well, you have a technique. I use, I think he wants me to say that I use shoe laundry, which is uh, his product. That he Oh, just, there we go. That's why there's a bunch of laugh emojis after it. Exactly. Shoe, shout out shoe laundry. Actually, shoe you know laundry. what? This is not even like, I will definitely say this. It's a sick product. Um, I, for years, have used like many shoe cleaners. But what I love about shoe laundry is you just like, you don't have to mix it with water. It just comes straight out of the bottle uh, and you like pump it onto your sneakers and then you like clean it and it's like. Okay. That sounds good. Shoe laundry. I'm going to send an invoice uh, for advertising um, <laughs> after this. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag SpawnCon. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Hashtag ad spawn con um <laughs> all right cool well i mean there's a ton more but uh maybe you know we'll get to it another time but there yes. it, we could go on forever um but we're about to hit that two hour mark i'll let you go so before we get out of here i just wanted to see i like to ask all the guests if they have any sort of words of encouragement or advice or anything for DJs out there, whether it's up and coming DJs or DJs that have been in the game, just things that you've learned that you think could help out and be inspirational to other DJs in this time. Mm, I think that um, DJing, it's seriously so dynamic and so like it can be whatever you want. Yeah. There, I, I've seen DJs who DJ on a laptop in the Serato like light or whatever it's called. Like they're just right. playing on their yeah, keyboard. Just and it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that, yeah, if you're interested in it, it, it's like, just, just try it and don't like overthink it and don't think that you have to do anything. There's no like checklist of things that you have to like meet in order to like love this craft and like become a DJ yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's something too, that I like that kind of held me back from it for a while because I came up like admiring and loving turntablists and like being very exposed to that world, but I could never see myself in that role. Yeah. But once I kind of found out, Hey, I have something to add to this too. And like, I can be a DJ in my own way. 
is when I like fell in love with it. And like this has like having DJing in my life has been like nothing but like a positive, amazing force for me. And so if you're interested in it, I would just encourage you to like do it. That's what I would say to up and coming DJs. And just, you know, the barrier to entry is so much lower now. Like literally you can just get the program on your computer and start playing around and start trying to blend songs. And that's like the first step. Yeah. So that's what I'd say for newer ones. And then for like established ones, I mean, it's kind of weird for me to be like giving advice to them (laughs) because I'm still new myself. But I do think that like, I would say to like really established DJs, like to make sure you're like falling in love with it all over again and finding new ways to like love it and finding new ways to like challenge yourself. Because I have a lot of DJ friends who've been in it for years and they're like so amazing, but I can see that they're kind of like stuck, you know? Yeah. And it's really on you to like get unstuck. And I think that like learning new things, whether it's like new music or like downloading a song that you maybe would have never played and just trying to fit it in your set. Like even something as small as that can like ignite something in you and just make sure you're continually being a student and continually like finding, yeah, that those new ways to fall in love with it. Yeah. Great advice. Thank you. And also who makes your shirt? That's a pretty dope shirt for the oh, YouTube yeah, people. So <laughs> <laughs> my friend, uh, my friend's collective nude they're like a I guess they do like a bunch of different stuff in Toronto they're like a creative collective yeah they're launching their merch um relaunching their merch like this coming week so they just sent me this shirt so I was like I gotta on the pod really cool thanks for wearing it on the pod uh where can people (laughs) find you what's your Instagram Twitch all your social media website yeah, so the good thing about having a ridiculous made-up name like mine is that it's this, I can always secure the handle on everything. Yes, good so advice there me. too. Yeah. So what is it? Sorry to interrupt. J-M-K-M on everything. J-A-Y-E-M-K-A-Y-E-M on everything. Okay. Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, SoundCloud, MixCloud, all the other clouds. Yes, all the clouds. You can find her. Just look up in the sky. You could check her yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing. Well, JMKM, thank you for coming on. It's been, you've told us so much, long conversation and like, it's been inspirational. We've seen things through so many different lenses and, and learned a lot. And um, it's been really cool and put us on to, to women DJs and people that we wouldn't have known before, I think, or that need to be exposed and all that. So thank you so much. Um, this My was pleasure. great. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, awesome. Thank you so much for having me and for doing this podcast. Um, like I said at the beginning, I'm like a fan of this pod. So um, as you know, I love archiving and storytelling. So I'm just happy that we have stuff like this to like capture these moments. Yeah, so, I mean, I want people to be able to listen to this later. And obviously, they're going to hear some of it and be like, what was coronavirus? What are they talking about? <laughs> like, you know, but <laughs> some of it, I think, are universal truths that can be used in DJing and in life. So That's what we're trying to do over here. Well, dope. Thank you for the support. Thanks for being on and um, be safe out in Toronto. And I will see you on the cloud or wherever in the the internet. In the chat. I don't know. I'll see (laughs) you in the chat, I guess. (laughs) All right. Cool. Uh, Okay. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. Later. All right. That was it. Thank you so much to JMKM for coming on the show and blessing us with all of that knowledge. Um, that was a really fun conversation. I'm so glad we got to do it. Um, 
The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Make sure to hit me on my socials at DJ Spider on Instagram or on Twitch. That's spelled D-J-S-P-I-D-E-R. And hit up my Discord. Let me know your feedback on this or any other stuff you want included in the podcast. However, I can help you. I'm here for you guys. All right? Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.